they want they claim that they want one thing but their actions speak another and i always like to say if you want a certain type of fish you got to go to the right pond or lake you know what i mean and it's like i see over and over they keep doing the same thing expecting different results like this, you know i met this guy treated me real bad where'd you meet him the bar or where'd you meet her oh, i mean tender i'm not a tender hater but i ain't a tender lover <laughs> you know that's what i'm cool. saying that's cool <laughs> started our podcast already but we weren't live weren't recording anything so new start i'm here with my boy david graham tell us about yourself uh shoot man here here in hawaii got about 14 days left that's back to the mainland but uh yeah happy to be here man yeah what brought you to hawaii uh well i was in the coast guard about four years before i uh came here kind of a wild story how i ended up here um, but at the end of my training to be a public affairs specialist, they kind of asked me like, where do you want to go? Which is pretty uncommon for the military. And I said, Hawaii, you know, and they, uh, gave it to me. So. Bro, you know, I actually, you would think that a lot of people say Hawaii, but I actually talked to a lot of people who are in Hawaii. This is like the last place they wanted to be. Yeah. Yeah. My brother was stationed out here and I, that blew my mind. Cause I visited when I was 18 and like, he's like, yeah, our neighbors are army and they're like rednecks and they hate it here. Like they never go to the beach and it's like, you know, cause I grew up in Myrtle beach where it's like, we love the beach. And then when you can go to a nicer beach, it's like, why not? You know, yeah. Myrtle beach is where? Dirty Myrtle. Uh, it's on the coast. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, it's somewhere between Charleston and North Carolina, you know, it's on the coast, but I call it the white trash Miami. <laughs> you know? The white trash Miami. Yeah. Nah, it was, it was dope to grow up there though. For yeah. Sure. So it's not West Coast. I think a lot of people are in Hawaii are familiar with the West Coast, uh, but we're not yeah, really yeah. familiar with the East Coast. Yeah, East what was, Coast. What was it like out there, man? Uh, it was cool, man. Uh, I mean, wintertime's dead. It's like a ghost town where I'm from in the wintertime, but summertime's fun. Uh, yeah, it's just every day growing up. I homeschooled as well. Oh, for real? For a certain amount of time, yeah. So like, Legend. it was a lot of field trips, if that's what you want to call them, to the beach. That's what we call them. Yeah. Field trips to the zoo, field trips to the beach. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we homeschooling our kids, man. We love yeah, it. Yeah, that's dope. I mean, yeah. I think especially this day and age, it's like, might be the move. It's the move. <laughs> it is the move, yeah. man. Like, low-key, that's the move. That's the move. Homeschool. Yeah, less, ti the less time in the classroom, man. That's, that's yeah. what they need. Yeah, my mom said, because I went homeschool, Christian school, back and forth, back and forth, and then eventually public school to play real sports. Uh, but, yeah, my mom home. Uh, volunteer what's it called when you uh a teacher when you come in there once in a while substitute teacher yeah, yeah. and like almost every time miss carol came to the class i was like do y'all want to go outside instead and we she would get us to get our books and we go outside and do our class because she just loved nature and stuff like, yeah so everybody loved my mom as a sub teacher yeah sure. sick i think that we need to be outside more yeah we need to be outside more i, I love that about like homeschooling with our kids man just they can go outside they play they're playing more than most kids, so yeah, it's a fun, it's a fun childhood, and we get the most time with them. Yeah, man. You know what I mean? Yep. So you guys are pretty close, then your family? Yeah, got uh, four brothers, two sisters, the Graham clan. But uh, yeah, we're all pretty close. Try to keep in contact, but not. Nah, I think it's dope. It was cool living in a big fam, uh, growing up in a big family, being the youngest too. I was able to watch and learn from others' mistakes. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, yeah. Have different relationships with them all too. You're the youngest. Yeah. 
How, what's the the age difference between you and the next person? Six years. Six years. Oh, you really young. <laughs> yeah. Wow. You grew up like an only child. Yeah. Yeah. Well, me and my brother Jesse, he's the closest in age to me. We homeschooled together. And then, okay. And then towards the end, like, you know, a little bit of Christian school in there, but he eventually left, and it was just me homeschooling. Oh, bro. So I think I learned to like entertain myself and. Uh, there's a lot to that. Is that how you... So you got into um, the Coast Guard. You said earlier you're doing media for the for the Coast Guard. Yeah. How'd you get into that? Well, I've always been into like video stuff ever since a kid. Like there's YouTube channels that uh, are not live right now that I had some uploaded videos on there just doing ridiculous stuff with friends, you know, lighting off fireworks and just being crazy. I remember I think my mom bought me a camera from the toy aisle. Like that, I just had a big interest in it. And uh, so I've always been into that. And then I went to high school at the Academy for Arts, Science, and Technology. I called it Hogwarts because we had kids there that wore capes. But uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> it was, it Nerds? Was cool. Nerds? Nah, man. I was a nerd, too. <laughs> I think I was one of the only kids that got caught out by a t-shirt to pull up their pants. Oh, but, wow. Yeah. I, was, I stuck out a little bit there. You, you was, you, your pants was low on purpose, or...? <laughs> I was, you know what I mean? I listened to a lot of rap music back yeah, then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what were you listening to? What are you guys listening to out on the East Coast? Ah, dude. I mean, I try, I stay away from it now, but like, I don't I don't want to incriminate anybody. But I had close people around me that listened to a lot of trapping music. Okay. Which trapping had a different meaning back then. So like, you know, Gucci Mane, Young Jeezy, Gucci Young Gotti, all them. Gucci. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know about Gucci Man. Maine, whatever you call him, bro, till I got to Tennessee for school. Yeah. And bro, they love him down down <laughs> yeah. south. They love that guy. Yeah. Man. I couldn't understand a word he was saying. Yeah. It's a, I got the southern slang. Bro, yeah, it was it was a lot for me as an island kid, man. Just like, what is going on? Yeah, but I got some funny stories too with the whole rap thing. I'll bring that up later. But uh nah, so I was always in the video and stuff, and I went I went there with Chris, which we'll expose him later, pause. And uh <laughs> <laughs> why we got why we got to pause this concerns me why are we pausing so early we just started you got to talk to chris about that but uh nah uh, so we went to the academy and majored in entertainment technology which is like like film history we had to learn how to do like handle cameras in a studio setting after that i went to a community college at cape fear really to play soccer um but i majored in um film and video production but that was more big picture, big studio sets, like go be a grip on set for five years getting coffee and you might get a step up job and kind of took all the excitement away from me. And I didn't want to do that. Mm -hmm. um, so then I went back to North Myrtle, Myrtle Beach, basically, and worked in a restaurant doing construction, started getting a little more trouble. And my brother, Robin, who is in the Coast Guard, he's been there for a while. He just called me and some other influence as well. It's like, what do you know? What do you got to lose? Like, give it a shot. So I joined the Coast Guard. I'm colorblind, so I uh, couldn't get the cool jobs, you know what I mean, the stuff you see in the movie. Uh, so I did public affairs. I got to do some cool stuff before that. I was on, uh, I was in Missis uh, Louisiana uh, going down the Mississippi River working on uh, ace navigation construction work, basically, and towing trailers. Uh, worked at a small boat station. Then I got trained to be a public affairs specialist and then ended up out here. Bro, but that is the cool. That is the cool stuff. What? What you do is cool to me. Uh, like you know, like I, I always hear about these military guys. You're the first public relations guy that I yeah. met. Yeah. I was like, man, you were in charge of propaganda. It's crazy. Yeah, it I love it. I love it. It ain't cool when like local, you know, 
aunties are calling you, blowing up your phone, calling you a disgrace because you can't give them info from the Coast Guard. <laughs> but Bro, you get calls from local aunties? Well, well, I mean, Maui fires was crazy, and like I, I got it was a like crazy thing about the Coast Guard. You have a lot of responsibility at at lower ranks, so like I was getting the calls for the U.S. Coast Guard for the Maui fires. Like I was the one, like hello, U.S. You know what I mean? And uh, it got pretty hairy. Some people were getting mad because it was a breakdown of communication. Uh, but yeah, Dang. I'll leave it at that. Bro, what was it like? What, what was that time like for you guys? Because I know you guys were, I know the guys that I know that were in the Coast Guard at the time, they were out doing something else. And they had to like get to Maui to help really? out. Where were they stationed? No, they, they were just here, but they went on a boat to go do some buoy oh, changes. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, they used every available asset. In the area with the Coast Guard, all hands on deck for that, obviously. I mean, it's super, it's major. You know? Man. Dude, so what's that job been like for you? It's been cool. I always joke and say, like, I don't have the cool job, but I take pictures and videos of the dudes doing the cool job. You know what I mean? Like, I've been in uh, helicopters, C-130s. I've been uh, underway on small boats, done boardings in the middle of the Pacific, uh, taking photos of the tacked out dudes in camouflage, you know, like Call of Duty stuff, but... Nah, it's it's pretty cool. I've been able to do some cool stuff. Definitely a blessing at the end of the day. Like I'm getting out. I have 14 days left. Um, but I could, you know, I'll never hate on the Coast Guard or military. Like it's been a blessing for me and set me up for the next chapter for sure. Mm. What's been the best part about being in the in the military? Um, man, I guess the consistency and structure. Uh, just like. You can't, I mean, there's bad apples wherever you go, but eventually, like, things have to be sorted out. Like, there's a system, and uh, you always have someone you're supposed to be able to go to if things are getting crazy or someone's not acting the way they should, you know? Mm. I guess overall, just that structure can't just be wilding out. Yeah, so what was it like for you? Because you said that you got, you were getting in a lot of trouble beforehand. Was that hard for you to make the adjustment? No, no, I liked it. Just like, uh, just like working at a bar and stuff, and being underage and around people that aren't trying to do the right thing. Like I just saw the influence get bigger and bigger, and my own decisions get worse. But yeah, yeah, no, I, I liked it. I mean, I, I enjoyed it. In boot camp, I definitely didn't thrive. I got sent to like the jail of boot camp. It's called, Bro, why'd you get sent to the jail? It's called the root uh, uh, recruit uh, attitude motivational program. I think. It's called Ramp, and uh, they is conspiracy theory that sometimes they'll send strong recruits there because if you it's a four day program, and if you do if you graduate, you get sent back to your original uh, company, and if you fail, you get reverted into a later company, which means basically you'll be in boot camp longer. But there's a theory that sometimes they'll send strong recruits strong uh, to the ramp to then show like you can graduate, you can do what they say and go back to your original company. Cause if you think everyone's going to fail, you're not going to try, but yeah, it's, it's just like the jail. You have to put on these orange, uh, life vests and March 24 seven. Doesn't matter if you're using the bathroom, taking a Bro, shower. It doesn't matter if you're using the bathroom. Uh, you, you're stomping your feet. And every time your right foot hits the ground, you got to scream ramp. And like, you're like a duck walking around. And, uh, <laughs> Yeah, it was crazy, man. And uh, but I was three of the twelve. Three, like there was twelve of us total, and I was one of the three that graduated and went back to our company. But Bruh. they just said on my paper it said I had a bad attitude, but I don't think I had one. Dang, <laughs> yeah. you got a bad attitude. You're the strong one, though. 
I mean, that that was always the. That's what you had to tell yourself. Yeah, exactly. Like, because it blew my mind. I'm like, why? I never get in trouble here. I never get called out. And they're like, Graham. It was like a, it was a. I was the special edition. They called everybody out, and they said, "All right." And they said, "Oh wait, we got one more." And looked at me. He's like, "Graham, you're going, bro." Yeah. <laughs> What's that meme? The Lord saves his toughest battles for <laughs> his strongest people, bro. Did you feel? Did hey, you we feel, were praying, bro. Did you feel privileged? <laughs> hey, we, no joke though, man. I think we had some atheists in our group, but like it was rough. Those four days, like everybody's like, "Do y'all want to pray?" Like, and that never happened in bro. Camp that's crazy. Yeah, because people were stressing out. Like, yeah. So were you raised in the church or? Yeah, I was. Um, and what's interesting about me, I think my parents were more strict with my older siblings. Like, you live in this house, you are going to church, doesn't matter if you're 30. You know, by the time I came around, they, my, my father always said they took more of the hands-off approach. I think by age 13, they stopped making me go to church. Like, if you don't want to go, fine, you know? They weren't, like, happy about it, but like, all right, we're not going to force you. Um but yeah, and my, I tell my friends about this, I talk about this all the time. Like my uh, process of sanctification was not very linear. Like it's been up and down, left and right, you know, and in high school, even like, I think back and it's just kind of strange. A lot of things I did, like I drank a lot and, you know, uh, did a lot of things like just with females and stuff I shouldn't have been doing, but I remember it wasn't until years later with my walk with God that I remember, like, I remember being at parties and stuff and be like, hey, man, promise me you're going to go to church with me in the morning. Just prom like, something in me mm -hmm. was, and it wasn't like, because church wasn't a check off the box thing, mm -hmm. but it was like, I wanted to, I wanted my friends to hear about, <clears throat> to hear about Jesus, mm -hmm. you know? And it's, it's weird to look back on that, like, what was that, you know? Um, so there was always something in me. Um, but with my journey, my walk, it wasn't until I joined the military, it was on my own. And I, I like to say, I came to this point where it was like, all right, what do I say I believe? What does my life reflect, like my actions? And what do I really believe? And I think that's where God really started working on my heart. And that's where I started like uh, just listening to a lot of preachers and like just growing and realizing like, oh, this preacher I really used to like, like he's not really aligning with these scriptures, you know? And then I started listening to, I think, more biblically sound preachers. And I just got hungry for the word. And uh, yeah, and that's where I really grew. Uh, my faith really grew. And something that, like, something that really boils my beef or grinds my gears is... <laughs> nah, dude. <laughs> See, you no. took that the wrong... Something that grinds my gears is like the whole, how a lot of my friends who are Christians or say they're Christians look at church. Because mm. that's a big part of my story or my, my walk with God is when I got to New Orleans, like... I tried a bunch of different churches, you know, and I have friends that are like, oh, I tried a church and they're really weird. So I don't ever want to go again. It's like, try, try again, sir. You know, like I checked out all types of churches. I've been to some weird ones in Louisiana. Like, I remember I went to one and the, the I kid you not, I went to a lot of rap shows growing up and this pastor on the front row seat had basically his hype man. And after every time he said something, he would jump up in the air and be like, yeah, yeah. Like it was like literally a hype man and like just some funny stuff. That was his ministry? <laughs> that was just me. hype up the pastor? Yeah, dude. Yeah. They should have gave him a mic. <laughs> uh, no, nah, so I, I tried out, and I was I didn't give up, but I was pretty, like, beaten down, like, discouraged, like, trying to find a good church. And it was definitely from my, from God, and shout out to Connor from New Orleans, uh, a station that he was in the Coast Guard, too. He picked me up on a Saturday night coming back from leave. It was kind of late, probably, like, 10. And he's like, hey, man, I heard about this church called uh, Church of the King do you want to go tomorrow? And I was like, I don't know. And I was like, you know, let's try it out. And that was a game changer for me, man. Uh, 
I went there and I don't think it was that weekend, but the next week they had that church was so big. It was a big church. Um, so I'm not like a mega church hater. I mean, there's, you know, there's good and everything, but, uh, on Thursday nights, they had a thing called district that was strictly for 18 to 30 year olds. They had that many young people and I called it club hold district. Hold on, hold on, hold on. 18 to 30 is a big age. <laughs> yeah. It was for adults. What do you, what do, you do if you're leaning 30? I don't know. Bro, I, you better... I was 22, so I was yeah, like, yeah, you're right there. It. You're in front. <laughs> yeah. You hit 30. What do you do? I know that I didn't have to deal with that. Oh. I wasn't worried about it. Yeah. I know. Trust me, I thought about it too. Cause I had some friends in there that were like pushing 30. And I don't think it was super strict. Like they already got IDs their second, they got their the second promotion already. They <laughs> Yeah, I don't think they were checking IDs, but uh, no, nah, it was just so cool. But we walked in to the lobby, and my boy Nick Sharp, uh, Nick Sharp, I call him Reverend. Wait, Nick. what? His name's Nick Sharp. Nick Sharp, okay, yeah. Cool. And uh, I call him Reverend Nick. He's not a reverend, but he walked. We walked in, me and Connor, and he was like, saw us. He was like, you know, two new guys. Like, hey, what's up? Like, introduce himself, invite us to a small group. And that changed a lot. And that was the first time in my life I ever saw the importance of community, like Christian community. It was a men's group. I think it was like ages like 20 to 30, basically, maybe a little over 30. But that was the most real, like honest men's group I've ever been in. And what was so great about it is they had some new believers that were like late 20s, you know, 27. We had firefighters, uh, high school football coaches, like electricians. And they, they didn't know how to speak Christianese. They didn't know how to put on the mask. So, you know, we're being honest in there. We got dudes talking about, yeah, I got drunk last week, or I watched porn this week, or, you know, I had an, a, an affair with a married woman before I became a Christian, and now I feel convicted about it. Like, do you believe God can forgive me? Like, real honest questions. And our group leaders were knowledgeable and, you know, had some wisdom from the Lord. Like, it wasn't just like, oh, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. it was it was just a great, and we were praying for each other. We held each other accountable. Like, that was like, wow, you know, like I can see who was it in the Bible that was it Paul who like says, do not forsake the. Uh, we don't know who that was. It was uh, Hebrews. It could be Paul with Luke writing. But yeah, we don't know the author of Hebrews. But Hebrews 10. Yeah. What is it? Exactly? Uh, don't, forsake, don't forsake the gathering of believers. Yeah. And uh, and I just get frustrated sometimes like my friends back home, like I can't find a good church or I know I should go to church or this or that. It's like. You, you simply don't know what you're missing. And like, while I get frustrated, it's, it's more sad than anything, you mm -hmm. know, like you, you really don't know what you're missing. And I look at it like going to the gym. It's obviously much, obviously much deeper than that, but it's like, you never regret going to the gym. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? You never go to the gym. Like, man, I wish I didn't go. That's how church is for like anyone I know and myself. It's like, man, I wish I didn't go to church this morning. It never mm -hmm. happens. Yeah. No, like a hundred percent with, uh, with, with people, I, I feel the same way. Just as a pastor, like for people that don't go to church, I've just seen it where I've never seen someone grow closer with the Lord, not, not going to a church. And I understand that there's some people that have been burned by the church, but at the same time, like you can't expect anything else in a, in a place where there's just people gathered, any place you're going to be in, for sure. there's going to be people that hurt each other. There's going to be people that, um, yeah, do each other harm at the same time. What, like with church is like, you're giving up a big part of the sanctification that, that God, the, the way God wants to sanctify you, the way he wants you to make you more like Jesus. And I think that Hebrews 10 passage, like the context of it is like, don't, don't, do not forsake the gathering of believers, the, the fellowship of the saints. Don't forsake it um, because it's easy to do, right? Like it's easy to forsake it. It's easy to forget it. And it says, as the, as the end draws near, right? As, as the time comes closer, 
for Jesus to come again, especially don't forsake the gathering of believers because it's also a protection. Mm. And when Jesus, when um, when Paul writes and he says to, um, I think Ephesians, might, might be the church in Ephesus, might not be, I, I might be wrong on that. But Paul actually tells the church, right? Or Corinthians, we're just preaching on it. Um, hand that man over to Satan, right? He means take, kick him out of the church. And, and, and the, the equivalent he, he uses, right, is kicking him outside the church is essentially handing them over to Satan for the destruction of their flesh. You are an easy target away from the local body of believers, away from people who you're easy target from, for the devil. You're an easy target for your flesh, right, where people aren't checking you and aren't calling you out. Yeah, That's a part of being in the church, you know. And I used to always say, like, for me, one of the biggest things that opened my eyes to community was when I became a part of a community group as a young, like, 22-year-old, 23-year-old, you know, my wife and I were just married, and we got into an argument, and somebody, wasn't me, let somebody know in the group that we needed prayer, we were arguing, whatever. Yeah. And the leader of the group hit me up to go take me out to dinner, and he lovingly just confronted me about my sin and just said, hey, you know, I'm looking to you to learn what it's like to, to love a, a wife. I'm not married yet, but I need you to step up. Mm. I need you to show me. And um, I left that dinner not feeling great. I was kind of ticked, you know, like, yeah. I don't care what that guy has. Who, who is he to tell me what I'm supposed to do? And in five minutes on my drive home, I realized, man, that was the most loving thing because I wouldn't want to do that to somebody. I would rather just let their sin go. And he didn't do that. You know, he confronted yeah. me. And I think exactly what you're saying, like, you don't need a place where you openly share sin and no one pushes back. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? That's like those accountability groups in college where we're just like, we all sinned. Oh, you sinned too? Yeah. Praise God. <laughs> yeah. Let's pray. I yeah. thought I was alone. You know what I mean? Yeah. That does nothing for you. Yeah. You know, and so I, I really appreciate just that group that you're talking about just really shows the importance of community. For sure, man. So that guy just walked up to you randomly? Well, he, I mean, he, he didn't work for the church. He was just, he was served at the church, uh, but he was, he, he had a community group and uh, he, you know, he just like saw us coming in and just like, hey, you want to join, you know? So, dude, okay. So tell me about this because I, I felt this when I left college because in college was where I had my boys, man, that like poured into me and shared the gospel with me and taught me how to study scripture. Yeah. What was it like leaving that? Uh, leaving like that church? That church, that environment. That environment. It was truthfully, I mean, Louisiana is cool, but like that church was really the, even me and Connor, like that was the only thing. We were like, yeah, that's the only thing we're gonna miss, man. Is that church, that community? Um, yeah. So leaving that, I mean, I went up to from there. I went up to Baltimore to train, which is where Chris is at, or oh, going sick. to be. Yeah. And uh, I was blessed to meet some cool guys. My boy David Rowe, he led a Bible study there. Um, it definitely wasn't the same, you know. As males and females, like we weren't getting real, but it was like me and him developed a good brotherhood. But yeah, I don't, I don't know. I've never really like. I mean, it definitely wasn't fun, you know, leaving that environment. And I, I truthfully haven't found a group like that. Um, I found good community groups, but there was just definitely something special about that. And it was, I think, it was like meant to be for me at that time as well. You mm -hmm. know, like I may never find a group quite like that, but I might not need a group quite like that. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think that what I took away too, because I didn't like have that same type of group ever you know that i had when i was in college 
Uh, at the same time, I think that was for a season. And what I've tried to do is try to cultivate that for other people, mm. you know? Like, yeah. I kind of learned, like, man, I want to be helpful to people. I want to open up my home. I want, yeah. you know, I want people to feel like they can be honest with each other and yeah. try to be on the other end of that, you know, cultivating yeah. it. So that's been good. So did you leave New Orleans and come straight to Hawaii or nah, after, that after was Baltimore? Louisiana, Baltimore to train, and okay. then Hawaii. Okay. Yeah. How was the adjustment to Hawaii, man? Did you love it? No, nah, I mean, I, yeah. How much did you love it? It was crazy. Uh, I mean, it definitely felt weird being so far away, but I never got, like, island fever or nothing like that. Um, it was cool. My first year here, though, was, I definitely secluded myself a lot. You know, like, I don't know why I did it. I think I, I was, like, dealing with a lot. Like, I think I got the job and realized, like, oh, like, this ain't what I want to do for the next 14, 15 years. So I think that was pretty heavy. Um but I, once I got more adjusted, you know, got it, uh, more involved with church here at Harbor. Tried out a couple of different churches before I, you know, ended up at Harbor in town. Um, but nah, I mean, it's been dope, man. Uh, I've been blessed to travel a lot. When I joined the military, and this isn't something I made up, like I used to tell people this before I joined, like I wanted to join to travel and mature. And I definitely did one of those things because <laughs> I've... <laughs> cause, uh, man, I've, been, I've gone to Fiji, Tahiti, Papua New Guinea... Uh, Guam, like uh, Christmas Island, someplace. Like, I ain't never heard of that. This exactly. is a Christmas Island. Yeah, man. But uh, wow. Yeah, I've been to just some like some really cool places. Like I could have been stationed in Florida, maybe go to Bahamas, and that's probably it. Or like I could have been stationed like you know somewhere random, you know Cleveland. Oh. But, you know, I ended up here and I got to travel, you know, I got to go. Who wants see- to go to Cleveland? <laughs> yeah. I'm just quoting. I'm just quoting a basketball player. Uh, I don't know. I don't you don't know. know. You remember that? Oh, mm-hmm. okay. I don't know sports. Well. <laughs> I thought you were a sports guy. I mean, I like I ball out a little bit, but I don't know how to. I know I don't watch it. Though. Bro, how's the basketball in Hawaii, bro? Tell them. Tell the people so they know. Be <laughs> honest, David. <laughs> I mean, I was humbled, man. I mean, dude, I, I kept getting hurt too, man. They called me glass ankles, bro. For I, real? I rolled my ankle like three times, and I fractured it one time. I rolled it so bad out here, so I got scared. And I was a soccer player too. <clears throat> So like, uh, I thought you was gonna say our basketball isn't that good. That's what everybody I, from the I'm mainland not that says. Good, but I played at Pearl Harbor, which is all military dudes. Oh, okay, and okay. So like, there's some ballers, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I um, couldn't get on the court in Indiana, man. <laughs> they were like, nobody was looking for a five nine center, bro. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, can you dribble, pass, or shoot? I'm like, no. But I can rebound. They're like, no, you can't. You're five nine. Dang. I did. <laughs> Do you ball out here ever? No, bro. Do I look like a ball anymore? Retired? No, dude. Retired, bro. Look at that. Bro, been retired for a decade. Damn. I remember the moment I walked into the gym. Like, I was working out. So, I got I played college ball, right? Like, not big. Not big time school at all. Yeah. Um, And I wasn't great. But I liked working out. But after playing college, like, I was banged up. Like, yeah. couldn't run. Hurt my Achilles. My shoulder is already, um, like, bad. I have to get a shoulder replacement. I've had two surgeries already. And um, I remember I walked into like a 24-hour fitness or a gold gym, whatever that whatever that thing was, powerhouse or something. Mm-hmm. And I remember power cleaning. I was power cleaning. I was getting it. And um, I was getting a little too much. And I looked in the mirror. <laughs> and I had not been playing for six months. I looked in the mirror. I looked at all the weight. And the weight just felt heavy that day. And I was like, I just unracked it silently. That was my first work, my first exercise of the day too. I unracked it silently, left the platform, walked to the front, and I was like, "Hey man, 
just cancel my membership. And the guy was like, sir, we can suspend. I was like, no, 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 no. I ain't coming back. Just cancel no it. Way. I'm out. Worst decision of my life. Bro. I should have just stayed, dude. I should have just stayed on the elliptical. But I didn't. Bro. I was just so tired of working out. I had worked out for most of my life. Just training. Yeah. Training for... You know, for sports, but yeah, then after yeah. after not having anything to train for in my mind, it's like what's the goal? Yeah, what's my goal? So I put all my smoke towards other things, you know. Yeah. Seminary, um, becoming a pastor, um, yeah, other things. Yeah. Yeah. Raising my kids. But now I'm like, I should, should get back in there. I got a home gym. I'm like, Dang. I should get back downstairs, but I don't. Yeah. <laughs> so no, all that to be said, I don't ball. <laughs> at all Dude I can ball against my son I just Wrecked his life Dunking on him At the 8 foot rims You gotta humble him yeah. Just humble him bro Tomahawk jam on him <laughs> Bounce the ball Right off his forehead bro <laughs> yeah. What's the, the professor style You know how that is right Dude I know the professor Yeah I, I remember watching him was he, When he was on the And one mixtape And one yeah You remember that I don't remember it too well, but I saw the documentary. Oh, yeah, you younger. I remember the shorts and stuff, man. The shoes and shorts, like seeing my goodwill and stuff. Dude, baggy. <laughs> yeah. Bro, my mom, my mom, she couldn't say it right, so she would call it and ones. I'm like, mom, it's just a one. It's and one. I'm sure there's a knockoff brand somewhere. <laughs> and there's a, there's some and one. <laughs> yeah. Some, no offense now, Chinese made <laughs> and ones out there, bro. I, I guarantee it's out there. If, if it's out there, though, send it. Like, I hope somebody posts it in the comments because I want to see it. The Anwans. And maybe my mom was correct, bro. Maybe my mom saw Anwans out there. She had a pair of Anwans. Maybe I was rocking the Anwans, bro, without knowing. I thought I had the Anwans, bro. I had the Anwans. That would be crazy. Yeah, that would be unfortunate, bro. I'd be sad if I really was rocking those, bro. Because there was a time. There was a time. So I remembered this, right? Like, um, my parents... Um, and bless them. They've always provided more than I more than I need. And, um, but we would go shopping. My mom's family is in Sacramento. Shout out to Sacramento. Um, and we would go up there, and then we would go shop. You know, like my cousins. You know, they weren't in the nicest part of town. And we go shopping at these stores, right? And so I thought I was wearing some like Gucci stuff. Yeah. And I remember going to school dressed like that in seventh grade. And I remember the students were like, "Dang, that's sick! What a sick outfit you got on!" Yeah. Burberry, things like that. <laughs> yeah. But I always remember the teachers laughing. Be like, nice, nice clothes, and just kind of giggling. Dang. And so it, I put two and two together way later in life. Like I was done with school already. I was wearing the knockoff. That's why those teachers are laughing at me. Haters, bro. Haters, though. <laughs> but I, I want to have the same kind of swag that I didn't care. Yeah. Man. I would like to think I didn't care, but you know. Haters don't want to see you win. They don't want to see you win, bro. They don't want to see you. They just mad they didn't have the Gucci. They didn't mad. They were mad. Yeah, they were mad. <laughs> they were paying bills, and I was rocking <laughs> fake Gucci, and I didn't care. But you know what? I rock with people that that wear fake jewelry and fake clothes. Yeah. Like, I, like that wear them, and they know they're fake, and they say they're fake. Yeah. That's cool to me. Yeah. Yeah. They don't yeah. care to impress. They're like, I just like the way this diamond looks. Yeah. It's fake. So I didn't spend a lot of money on them. Yeah. I rock, I, I rock more with those people than the people who are trying to fake sure, like they have it. For sure, no, I'm there with you, man. Yeah, dude. Inflation's too high to be <laughs> acting cool right now. We all in it, man. We all struggling. Yeah, yeah. We doing. I'm about, to, I'm about to lose my job. Man. We're doing I'm, baby steps. I'm not buying nothing. Fancy. Tell us about that, man. Why are you getting out? Uh, 
Man, I'm just ready for the next chapter. Uh, uh, but you got a short thing. You got a good. You got a. You got a good. You're you're on a good career path. Yeah. So why get out now? Um, I just like it's scary to jump out and do the whole freelance videography, which is what I'm trying to do. But the thought of staying in and doing a job I really don't like for another 14 years is scarier. I feel like that's just like. You know, everybody can't quote unquote live the dream, do what they love for a living, all that stuff. But I'd rather take the risk now while I'm single, no kids, versus down the line. Like, oh, I really hate what ifs. You know what I mean? And uh, like, I, to me, joining the military was a what if. Now that's gone. Like, I've seen it. You know what I mean? <laughs> you see, I've done it. I've seen it. You've seen it. You see what it can be. You, and, don't, you don't want it? Another one was, dude, I wanted to play football. That was like one of the only one ifs I blew it, man. Didn't do it. You never played? Never tried out, man. Because at that time, I was out, my base school was Myrtle Beach. It was a pretty big football school. I remember one time my friend's dad gave me the biggest pep talk. You're only going to live once. You're only going to be young once. Go for it. Try for it. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do it. And then I, uh, how do I say this? Didn't do it. But uh, <laughs> Why didn't you do it? Because it was a stupid reason. Because like, I didn't want to, you know, tr I believe I could make the team. But I didn't want to train all summer in the summer heat, doing all that stuff. Train, 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 practice, 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 and not play. That was my fear. I'm like, I don't want to waste my time. And then you look back, and it's like, how did I spend my time partying, being an idiot? So it's like that was that's one of my really one of my only what ifs. It's like I really wish I would have tried. Not because I think I'll make it to college, but I just hate what ifs, you know. Yeah. So for me now, my what if is like, what if I would have gotten out and really chased what I really want to do or something along those lines. So yeah, man. And it's scary. Like I, my job's cool. It's a blessing, but it's not me. You know, it's not me like answering the phone, but you know, it's almost like corporate America. Like I, it's, what's it called? Like when you have that syndrome imposter syndrome, like soon as I became a public affairs specialist, like this is, I've even had people tell me that it's like, Graham, you're not a PA. You're not. You know, <laughs> you're not. What is that from? <laughs> <laughs> you're not. <laughs> but uh, yeah, man, I'm just ready for it. Ready to take the risk now. Yeah. And what are you going to be doing? Uh, well, I guess it, and this it, this is another reason why the Coast Guard was a blessing is that when I was in New Orleans, I always like live sessions, live music sessions where people record video and audio of someone, a musician performing. And one day I was in the shower and I was like, <laughs> that's where a lot of good ideas happen, all right? We'll get to Chris later. Pause. Nice. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> anyways, uh, so. What is going on right now? <laughs> I just, you bring up Chris. Why did Chris weird, get you know up? Why did Chris come up with the shower idea? He gave me that look. All right, all right. We, look, look, okay, we, we'll come back around. We'll come time, back around. Right? Okay, okay. <laughs> nah. Let's not get there yet. Nah, but uh, so I was like, why don't I do this? Why, it doesn't seem that hard. Like, why don't I record a live session? And again, I just believe it was the way things lined up. The only other individual that I was stationed with, that I worked in the boo yard with at that time where I drove trailers and forklifts, was a super talented musician, wrote his own music, guitar, piano, all that. His name's Tanner Redman. I was like, man, I could just do the first live session with him. Wouldn't be awkward. We're friends. Like, you know, very low risk of looking stupid. 
so I did it. It was a success. Got a couple thousand views. The commanding officer of the base, uh, base New Orleans heard it, liked it. And it gave me a lot of confidence. Like, I'll try this thing out. And I started working with artists. And I was blessed to work with some, some pretty big names down the road. And it became something bigger than what I thought at a quick pace. So that I'm using that as kind of like the platform to, you know, run with it. Yeah. Is that your passion? Like recording live sessions? Cause you also make music, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've like, I don't know where I'm going to end up. And sometimes I feel like, should I have a bigger, more clear path? Like, I don't know, but I think somehow, some way I will end up in videography, music, like career wise. But I know for now, like there's, I can make some money, uh, in that industry and I can build more of a brand. Uh, and you know, like I said, without a wife or kid right now, like now's the time to get out. Without it. a wife or kid. Cause like I'll be real, you have to go. Where are you going back to? Are you uh, going back to Myrtle Beach? Basically, basically back to Dirty Myrtle. It's in it's in Calabash, North Carolina, which is near it. Dirty Myrtle. Dirty Myrtle. Dirtle man. David Graham, a well traveled young man in charge of public announcing or whatever, public <laughs> affairs. Public affairs. During one of the biggest crises Shit. in this decade, who managed that? So he obviously can handle tension, he can handle the heat. Talented, YouTube channel, videographer, musician. Would-be football player. Definitely a soccer player. Hard as a rock, ankles as soft as glass. <laughs> Is coming back home without a wife and kids. <laughs> That's the way it goes, man. Be careful, Myrtle Beach. <laughs> it's coming He's coming I'm Back in these streets He's back in these streets <laughs> Yeah man They better get on it <laughs> Ladies You know what to do Go to church Love Jesus it's Maybe right Maybe you got a shot Maybe 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 <laughs> <laughs> Dude that's sick yeah. So you started recording all these artists. Some of them started some some of them were already popping off or uh just kinda like on YouTube a little bit. Mm -hmm. And uh yeah, man, it's just it, yeah. I was I just like simple uh reaching out on Instagram and social media, like, hey, I'll record a video for free. Like just I wanna put it on my YouTube channel and just some things lined up, man. Dude, that's awesome. Crazy. And then are you planning on doing that type of video work? When yeah. you're also, are you focusing on your just your freelance work, or are you focusing on your YouTube channel? Try. I think the the biggest thing would be to build the brand name, the YouTube channel first, and then I started another channel. I and can you tell us what it is? Truthful uh, sessions. Truthful sessions. Yeah, yeah. love it. Truthful. But well, you sessions. got two, right? Yeah, and then I started a new one called Truthful Productions, mm -hmm. which is where I want to do like interviews and something kind of like this. Which this was a big inspiration for sure. But uh, yeah, just build those up, and then you know when money's tight or whatever, like do some client work, you know, do what I got to do, you know, make some money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's sick, man. So, what kind of opportunities are you looking forward to out there when you when you go back home? Uh, really, just traveling, being around people, uh, trying to be productive. You know what I mean? Like, I just feel like now's the time to, you know, I'm not I'm not worried about comfort at this stage of my life. Like I'm. I'm not worried, but I'm more concerned about like building, you know mm. what I mean? Building something. So, you know, I used to, I was talking to one of my friends like a few years ago, actually, when I was thinking about 
especially like right before COVID, thinking about what I wanted to do with like, I always had a passion for video and photo, mm -hmm. like just creativity. And he used to, he kind of like really drove in my mind, like um, the importance of business in all of it, the importance of like making money. <laughs> yeah. Because I was just like, I just want to produce the, I just want to, you know, produce the things that are on my heart, yeah, you know, and like, yeah. that's, and, and to let my heart shine and somebody buy it, you know? Yeah. And he he told me, um, do you think that, uh, do you think that Michael Bay really wants to make Transformers? Do you really think mm -hmm. that he's like, this is the song of my heart? Yeah. Transformers. He's like, no, but he does that because that movie pays for mm -hmm. all the movies of Michael Bay is that you're not going to watch. Yeah, that's right? a really good point. And so he was like, you have to get your business right yeah. in order to fund a lot of the things that you want to do, you know? Yeah. You have to be a functioning business. You don't have to be a starving artist, right? And doing your business right allows you, gives you the creativity and the freedom, the freedom to be creative on all these other things. And so, you, do you, so do you, are you kind of going into this next season focused on building the business first? Or? Yeah, and I guess, it, yeah, it does kind of get confusing because uh, Truthful Sessions is bringing in revenue. So, like, when I say, like, build my YouTube, like, it's not just a passion project. Like, it is also to, you know, get that revenue up more and also do fair business. Like, I've never, I've, I've never, I've never charged any artists, mm -hmm. you know, so far. Uh, that may change in the future. We'll see. But just really get those numbers up, get those numbers up. Because that's the goal, ultimately, is to obviously be financially secure, but have enough money coming in. Because then, then you can make what you want, like mm -hmm. you said. Yeah, you know, and it doesn't matter if it makes a dollar. Yeah, um, so that that's the goal. So you never charged any of the artists that you did videos for? So far, no. Wow. But that's what I'm saying. Like, it's just been a blessing, man. Like, I mean, I'd like to think God had a, you know, God had His hand on it because I've never charged artists, but I've just worked with some that happened to blow up. Yeah. You know? So how would you like like encourage somebody? Say, say somebody wants to start doing what you're doing filming making videos like how would you encourage them to start you said you were in the dms yeah yeah uh you know nardwar is i do know nardwar nardwar uh i watched i didn't watch the whole thing but like a clip of one of his ted talks he's like you know why people like like they ask me how i get interviews with such famous you know significant people whatever he's like i just ask like don't under and he said don't underestimate the power of asking so I just like, especially now, like a DM is nothing. Like, you can't have a fragile enough ego to where if someone doesn't respond to DMs, like, that's nothing. You can send a DM. Like, I don't do batch. Like, I don't send the same DM to forty different mm -hmm. artists. Mm -hmm. Like, I write a new one pretty much every time. But yeah, it's nothing. I mean, for every artist that does want to work with me, there's <clears throat> thirty or forty that don't or don't respond. Mm. So you just got to keep asking. Like, use your time wisely. You know, like take it easy on the Netflix and. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Hit some people up. You if know? you can, if you can watch Netflix, man, you can you can get something going, man. You can go yeah. DM ten people. Dude, I'm trying to cancel Netflix 2025 oh. or 2024. I canceled it already, bro. You did? I did no, I'm talking about cancel, like for real. Like, yeah, I canceled it. Cancel. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't have, I don't have Netflix, man. Ever since they took the Office off, Dang. I ain't, I ain't watching Netflix. They took the Office off. They took Parks and Rec off. And I was done. Maybe that reveals something about my own character. I wasn't watching <laughs> Pure Flicks. I wasn't. I just wasn't. But You're watching yeah, they, the Cho Chosen twenty four seven. I've never seen the Chosen. Never seen that yeah. episode. My wife has watched it. I have never watched it. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I I don't know where I stand yet about um the Second Commandment. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it yeah, yet. Yeah, yeah. 
also, I just don't like Bible movies. Yeah. Okay. You know what I'm saying? I, I'm just not you like, like the passion, bro. That was awesome. Bro. All right. Yeah, yeah, that was awesome. I'm just a hate. I might be just a hater, bro. Like I just might be, might be. a hater because I used to like it, but now that I'm in, like maybe I'm like I can do it better. The but passion? I can't. No, not better than that. Oh. But the chosen. Oh, gotcha. Nah, but I'm also yeah. I just I just never watched it to be honest. I don't yeah. do a lot of watching of things. I listen to a lot of podcasts. Um, I watch a lot of like classes, things like that. Yeah. But I don't do a lot of Netflix. But I want. I canceled it. Um, but I do use Jolie's Peacock. Thank you, Jolie. Oh, Peacock, don't cancel me. I don't use that Peacock. We're in the same household. My bad. Dang, but what, yeah, what do they got on Peacock, man? The Office and Parks and Rec. Uh, yeah, so I'm just I'm just on Peacock. Maybe so all that stuff that I said about canceling doesn't really matter because I'll be watching <laughs> on Peacock. I canceled it, and Jolie's paying for my Peacock. Thank you, Joe. No commercials too. He got the pro plan, Dang. the best plan. Yeah, dude, I don't, yeah. Cancel it, bro. You don't need Cancel it. it. Yeah, what are you watching on there? Bro, I mean, I, I, dude, I don't watch shows, man. People think I'm weird, but I don't watch You're shows. You're a documentary guy. Not even, man. I just like movies, dude. Oh, you're a movie guy. Yeah. I watch the same movie, like, not over and over again, but, like, if it's, if it's a year, I'll watch it again, dude. For real? Yeah. I remember on one deployment, they had this crazy Wi-Fi set up. And you know, you've seen The Godfather, right? I love The Godfather. I literally... Part one and two. Part three sucked. My roommates thought... Nah, I was, part, three was, part three was okay. Nah, it was, that was the one in like the 90s. That was in the 90s. Yeah, it was, was in, it was good. The color it was weird. It was... It was the, yeah, the cameras, everything was weird. Yeah, like, it was weird looking. Yeah. But nah, my roommates thought I was crazy because I literally watched Godfather 1 on repeat. Like I was studying it. Because it's known as one of the greatest films ever. One of the greatest, bro. Yeah. The opening scene with the cat. Yeah, and camera. how like how that was totally random, like uh, the actor, what's his name? Uh, Marlon Brando. Yeah, like he picked up the cat. He picked up the cat. Yeah, dude, I love reading behind the scenes facts. Like, oh yeah, I'm all into that. Bro, you ever seen Shot Deck? No. Bro, so it's one of my favorite things that I'm subscribed to, and it takes all the movies and it will show you like, say, you want to watch uh, Blade Runner, you like the way the colors look. So they'll show you the lighting uh, setup. I've heard of this. Yeah. They'll show you the the lenses that were used, the camera that was used. Wow. Like basically how they set up the entire shot, dude. That's dope. And I look at that and I use it for inspiration. I'm like, dang, I wish I had that lens. You know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, that's a thirty thousand dollars. Yeah, lens. Only, yeah. I'm so close. Dang, dude. But like, I love it just for inspiration. But yeah, I watch uh, The Godfather. That's one of the movies I can watch over and over again. Yeah. Any recent ones that you watch over again, over again, or? Man. Nah, I mean I watch a lot of classics, man. Like Last of Mohicans is one of my favorites. Never seen it. Last Mohicans, one of my favorite movies ever. And a lot of people, I mean, it, it didn't do that great. Was Lawless, bro? Lawless was legit. What was really cool is that my both of my brothers, like my grandpa, he was in World War II, grew, uh, lived in Georgia on this property, and he, Prohibition period. Yeah, he apparently he might have ran a little, you know, for a little his, moonshine for his cousins or something. Yo. But anyways. He, uh, one thing, he had the same mug and would sit on his porch, like, had the same exact mug as the dude in Lawless, uh, Tom Hardy's character. But what's crazy is that both of my brothers who grew up with my grandpa going on his property, they called me individually without talking to each other and said, you have to see this movie. This character in it is just like grandpa. Talking about Tom Hardy's character. Like, they both called me and said that. 
So like that movie is like yeah, you know, kind of like sentimental in a weird way. Yeah, but that's yeah, one yeah, of my yeah, favorites, yeah. man. Dude, that's cool, man. Yeah. Dude, so your grandpa, what was he like, man? Cool guy? I mean, I was so young. He was in World War II, obviously. Like, I barely remember him. I just remember like small little things. I was playing with the G.I. Joe Harley, like on the old school from mm-hmm. World War II. And I remember him being like, I used to drive one of those. And like I just heard crazy stories about him. He was he was like from the movies. Like my brother told me one time some dudes came up on four wheelers on his land. He's like, Get off my land. And like he was kind of deaf and they're like, oh, we're leaving. And before they were talking, he like shot around in the air. He's like, Get off my land. Like he was old school, man. Old school. Bang, man. That's crazy. And he dressed just like the dude, like the same like sweaters, dude. It was like it was almost weird watching that movie. Like he Yeah. Bro, Tom Hardy played a great American, man. <laughs> just, that was one of the best Americans I ever seen. Dude, yeah. Dude, yeah, that movie was pretty good, dude. Yeah. I liked it. What about you? You got a recent favorite movie? I just watched The Polar Express. Uh, Fell asleep. Yeah. Yeah, somebody said, yeah, I, I watched, trying to watch it with my kids. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't really have a recent favorite. Maybe Dune. I like Dune. Dune. But just because. The old I, one? Like the new one's not the, out. The, the, the new old one. The new old one. Yeah. The yeah, new yeah. part one. Dune yeah, yeah. part one. I like that film. Yeah. I saw that in theaters. The sound design and stuff was really Sound cool. design is crazy. Yeah. yeah. So I like that. But man, I, I really like, uh, I like the art. One of the, the crazy things that I didn't know that video and photo could become was doing what we're doing, what both of us are doing. And I was talking to like, I talked to a lot of people out there. Um, you actually helped inspire me to do a podcast because mm. I saw you what you were doing with Truthful Sessions. I was like, that's so sick. Because, mm. um, yeah, I just like, I always like seeing Christians in the art space, you know, yeah, in the creative yeah. space. Because I think like my my perspective on it was always like, man, God is a creator and um, we don't have to give up ground to the world, right? We should be yeah. making the best art that we possibly yeah. can. And we should be doing, we should be doing the best that we possibly can if our inspiration comes from the one who created all things, that's how I viewed it. Yeah. Like God, God is the first artist, man. And I want to be an artist just like my father, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think he put that into some of us, not everybody. Uh, and I think, yeah, it's just like, why aren't we using that? You know, if he did give us that desire, passion or somewhat talent, if we have any. So yeah, I'm right there with you, man. Yeah. Hey, dude, I had a question, though, as I was thinking about you being in. How long have you been in this job that you didn't like? Uh, I think about two and a half years. OK, so I, li- I liked it. Didn't love it. You didn't love it. Right. Like it wasn't <laughs> yeah. like it wasn't the thing that you woke up and went, I'm yeah. doing exactly what God has called me to do on this earth. Mm. You didn't have that feeling necessarily or the, the feeling no. like. The- but I also like feel convicted because I didn't like because I, I always fought the the feeling of like I know I'm supposed to be content right now it's hard yeah because a lot of times when you talk to Christians like well you need to be you need to be content and I agree it was just hard to do man it was yeah. really hard so that I guess that's what I wanted to ask you is what was it like what did it look like for you because there's probably people listening that are in a job or in a in a position right now that they don't really they don't really like it's not really like their passion that they're doing necessarily but it's the way that God's providing for them. So how would you like encourage them to like approach their job? How did you approach your job trying to glorify God in something that you weren't absolutely passionate about, you know, which is most of the things that we do on a regular basis anyway. So like, how did I approach glorifying God in my day job is what you're saying? Yeah. Like, your day job. Yeah. Uh, I probably didn't do that great of a job at it, but, uh, <laughs> no, nah, I mean, uh, I mean, there's, there's a little remarks, you know, around the office, like, I guess I'm kind of known as the Christian somewhat, at least to some people. 
um, which is cool. Uh, but no, nah, I mean, it's a lot of times I try to like hear other people's stories first. Like, what do they believe versus like, hey, what's your name? Cool. Well, this is this is what I believe. You know what I mean? Like, I try to hear what they believe and then try to give my you know faith in Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, so you just saw it as like a missional opportunity as well. Yeah, somewhat. Again, I don't think I killed it at all. Like, I, I mean, but I think there were opportunities I did. You know, you know those moments. I'm sure it's you're you have a lot more confidence than me when it comes to those moments where it's like, all right, showtime. Like this person opened that door to like talk about God. Like, because it is interesting sometimes. Like small things, like in the military. Um, for me, uh, you know, people have like certain des- sinful desires or whatever. Sometimes it takes years of fighting. For me, cussing was literally an overnight thing. And that happened when I was a non-rate in Louisiana. And it was so sudden that I remember my coworkers like, Why don't you're not cussing anymore? Like it was weird to them, to him. And uh so that was a certain thing. But in the military, I didn't realize like that sticks out if you don't cuss. You've heard the phrase cuss like a talk like a sailor or whatever. Yep, cuss curse like a sailor. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like it's it's funny how that I've heard that just being enough to be in like I've heard people around the office being like Oh, so he's a Christian. Like he takes it, he takes it serious. You know what I mean? And and I've had opportunities where someone from work would be like, they'll just randomly start talking about their experience with God. You know what I mean? Because they obviously feel comfortable. Like they know I believe in God. They know it's significant in my life. But yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. For sure. Yeah, that's crazy. Like uh, I just, I guess, like don't forsake the small things is a big thing I learned. You know what I mean? Like. The small actions you do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I was going to say, it's funny that you say that because a lot of um, the, the people that are connected to our church that are part of the Coast Guard, they're they're all connected through somebody that you knew, that you either shared the gospel with or that you um, that they just knew you were the Christian guy. Mm-hmm. Um, even like Chris, you know, is one of them. And I was going to ask you, it's funny that, that you were saying that because I, I was going to ask you that, how are you like so bold about your faith? <laughs> and then you, it seems like you're like, I wasn't that bold. Not bold. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it depends what day you catch me, man. Yeah. Uh, nah, Chris was different because we were like we made music together back in the day. Mm-hmm. Like, like I looked at, look at him as like a little brother, even though he's a couple months older than me. But uh, <laughs> now nah, we were close. And looking back, it was kind of funny because he he moved down to Louisiana with me. And, you know, I remember asking him, like, what do you believe and stuff? And he, you know, just like many people, like, oh, I grew up Catholic or I grew up this one thing, but I don't really know. Don't really think about it much, which I kind of didn't believe, but maybe he was speaking the truth. And then I don't, it was just kind of funny. I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to read the Bible every night. Like, I'm just going to make you listen. You know what I mean? Like, And then I'd pray and stuff. And I guess because I just cared about him so much as a brother, like it was just like natural. Like I didn't mm-hmm. feel nervous about being like, oh, he's going to think I'm weird. It's like this is I'm reading the Bible. You know what I mean? And uh, man, I'm super thankful for you and your church. Like y'all, like I, I was awesome that we, you know, we discovered your preaching uh, through checking out the different locations. And I knew it was going to be a great thing. Like when he, when he, when he told me that he had the desire to, you know, potentially go and help build your church or help start it. I was like, dude, that I didn't like say all this, but in my mind, I'm like that could be one of the best things for him. So oh, dude, it was one of the best things for us, bro. Having Chris around and it was his uh, commitment to the church, right? Like not necessarily at a personal level, he was a blessing at a personal level. He was an encouragement to us, but 
the fact that he stuck around through us being in that little location, you know, that we were set up teardown. Um, he jumped on and used his music gifts for like to serve our church. And he was unreal, like singing and leading worship for us. Um, yeah, he ended up leading a bunch of songs and yeah. like just uh, just got involved. And I think he was a testament to a lot of people who like he, he's just a testimony of what it means to like get involved in a church. And he was such a blessing. Like it was hard to see him leave, you know. Yeah. It was hard to see him walk away. At the same time, you know, like man, um, you could see the fruit of the spirit in him, mm. you know, just because of his love for God's people. Yeah. And um, I think that's one thing that people often forget. You know, going back to the stuff we said in the beginning about community, it's like saying that you love Jesus without loving His bride, which is what He refers to the church as. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, how do you think that's going to go across? Yeah. You know, David Graham comes up to Christian and goes, I love you, but that Leah, I can't stand her. I think we'd have a hard time being friends. You know, like, yeah. I, don't, I don't think we'd be boys, yeah. yep. you know? Um, and so how, how much love do you think Jesus has for his people? As messed up as she is, right? Mm. Um, Jesus died for his bride, man. Like, and so for me, watching Chris, it was like a, like a the walking, living testimony of a commitment to God's people. And, yeah. um, that was amazing, man. And just hearing, yeah, being able to be there for him, you know? Yeah. So I thank you for bringing him and for introducing <laughs> him and coming through, even though you didn't come with us, but it's all good. <laughs> yeah, dude. Uh, nah, but it, me and Chris, like there was a time where we didn't like hang out for a while. And then that was actually time, like, I think he really made strides with his relationship with God. Like he became a, basically a believer in that time period. And like, it was crazy, like being around him after and being like, oh, it's different. And I think as Christian, like as Christians, we know, like you can be friends with somebody, but when they're also a brother or sister in Christ, it's way different. You know, yeah. it's it's not even a different level. It's a different, you know. It's a different thing. Yeah. They're, they're a new person, right? Yeah. You're a new person. No longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. Yeah. And so uh, yeah. being around him, it's just like, wow, like I, I feel like, I can talk about certain things and it's not like Chinese to him. Like he knows what I'm talking about. I gotta be Chinese. <laughs> 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 and you know, Chris don't speak Chinese. Chinese, right? That's all I'm saying. That's all you could he don't speak Hawaiian either. <laughs> no. Dude. I don't know. I feel like Chinese may be hard. Bro, I so Chris and I talked about this the last time he was on, but what was it like rolling up to Sand Island, bro? <laughs> It's just being in Hawaii. Dude, that's Chris's hood, bro. Uh, Did you ever live in Sand Island? No. Oh, what? No. You never no, lived Sand Island? I got the pe- I'm an E4 dog. Petty what does that even mean? Um, what is E4? <laughs> it's one rank. I know about him. E3. Oh, <laughs> yeah, but I get to live out in the economy. I don't have to live in the barracks. Oh, with, snap. With the non rats. Oh, like wow. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, E4. I'm out here living, you know, you live in the dream. I'm out here. Wow. Uh, but now nah, I visit him a couple times. Sand Island's special for sure. Got a special place. That's an ugly beach though. <laughs> it smells. That's a sm- that's a ugly. Uh, the, the sand is dirty. It is. Uh, the water can't be clean. I don't know. I mean, I've been in it. I'll jump right in. For it. real? You jump yeah. in there? Oh yeah. They got no waves there, but like there's the, some sometimes. Is I've the water circulating that. in there? I don't know. Guaranteed bacteria is high over there, bro. It'll strengthen your immune system. <laughs> that's what they all say. Next you know you got three legs, bro. Growing out your head. <laughs> <laughs> Dang, man, that's crazy. 
Wow. But, so uh, go ahead, go ahead. But now before we leave uh, the Chris situation, like he came on here and, uh, you know, said, I, when he told me he mentioned me, I'm like, uh-oh. So I watched it or whatever. I was going to watch it anyways. Oh, okay. But, uh, Thank you. Thank you for your view. Uh, hey, every view counts, man. Every view counts, game. man. I'm in the Like, game. share, subscribe, comment. Comment for more. Bro, yeah, dude, do it all. Yeah. Repost. I don't care. <laughs> repost, tag me. Yeah. No, don't repost this video. But... <laughs> Uh, no, nah, I mean, I feel like he talked a lot of good, but like, I definitely want to say like, I definitely like screwed up big time in front of him too. Uh, like he saw me on fire for God and he saw me like fading away. like kind of stopped going to church. He saw me fall into some major sins. Like he saw, and he also saw the conviction that came after. Like it wasn't just like, you know, screw up, like act, wake up the next day, like everything was normal. Like I think part of, I think part of it was, is that I never tried to excuse it to him even when he had no idea like none of the you know what i'm saying to people of the world like it doesn't matter yeah, it doesn't matter yeah but i still like when i'm trying to witness them at who it is to somebody and if i'm living a certain way it's like you know there's obviously friction there mm -hmm. or uh conviction even but yeah like i always kind of kept it honest like i never was like well this isn't a sin like i mm -hmm. was like even he didn't want an explanation but i would still explain to him like i screwed up here you know what i'm saying and so i think that was Maybe using a good way. I'm not trying to pat myself on the back. I'm just saying, like, I think that might have helped in the long run. Uh, You're saying that not, like, you weren't always on... The straight and narrow. The straight and narrow. Like, you were, like, a, part of your testimony is that kind of path of sanctifications up yeah. and down. Yeah, and he saw and that. Right. And that's why, I, like, I like I kind of feel like he didn't really include that, which is cool. But, like, it wasn't just, like, David the Christian, faithful believer... <laughs> and you know it was like he he saw me screw up too you know but thankfully you know that didn't matter enough to him to where it's mm -hmm. like oh all christians are hypocrites or whatever yeah so. yeah yeah i think i think about that a lot just even putting out content right or like for me even being a pastor like it's it's interesting that like we we're calling people to this this high calling but i think people might get it twisted and think that we're calling people to this high calling because we live up to this high calling. It's not. It's just that we're calling people to this high calling because this is what our Savior calls us to. This is what God says to call people to. We fall short, and that's why Jesus is here. That's why Jesus is important. Yeah. And I think that what you're saying is just crucial to anybody's witness. I think when we try to put this false facade that everything in our life is like, just everything's always good. We're always right with God. And We're I was, always right yeah, with Jesus. I was bad, now I'm good. I was know? bad, now I'm good. Never <laughs> been bad since. You know what I mean? Yeah. I used to sin. Oh, yeah, what was that like? Yeah. I forget what that was like, you know? You know the small groups yeah. like that yeah. too. Yeah. How could how could you possibly like yeah. sin? Yeah. How could you possibly like drinking with your friends? Like, what? Yeah. That's a good time. Right? And so when when you do that, you set yourself up for failure because you can't live up to that. Even this side of heaven, right? Where when Jesus comes and makes all things new, I won't struggle with my sin anymore. Mm -hmm. I won't struggle with the same things. I won't struggle with guilt or shame or anything like that. But until then, I'm being sanctified. I'm being made like Jesus. And there are some rough edges that are constantly being chipped away. Um, and I don't live my life just constantly being hypocritical on purpose, right? Because if, if that's the case, then you're just not a Christian. Yeah. If you're like, no, I enjoy this sin, I'm just acting. Yeah. Okay, you're not a Christian. It's fine. Um, 
But at the same time, like as Christians, man, we we do a process. We boast in our weaknesses. We boast in our failures, our faults, because it's in our weakness that God's power is made perfect, right? Like that's where you see the goodness of the gospel. That God can God can save even someone as bad as me. You know what I mean? With all my struggles. And I think that that's the message we got to be telling people. You know, that's 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 the big message. You know, like if you look at the Apostle Paul in his early letters, he he ta- calls himself the the least of the apostles. I am out of all the 12 guys that God selected, mm-hmm. I'm the least of those. That's okay. That's the least, right? And by the end of his letters, he's like, I am the chief of all sinners. Yeah. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm the chief of sinners, but God was gracious to me. And so he has this view of himself. <laughs> like the older he gets, you realize, nah, I wasn't I'm, I wasn't good. I'm not good. Yeah. But God is good. You know, God yeah. is gracious. And I think that as Christians, we gotta start saying that. And I I, I think. We get so mad about other people's sin. I'm not saying that the sin out there in the world isn't legit. I have kids. Like the sin out there is wild. You know, yeah. I'm homeschooling my kids. I don't want nobody indoctrinating my own my kids. Sure. Yep. Like I talk to my own kids about the standards that we have for righteousness, you know, and God's goodness and God's glory and all that. Mm-hmm. I'll give them that foundation, not the foundation in the world. At the same time, I never want my kids to be more angry about sin that exists out there in the world. Because the sin that exists out there in the world, that didn't damn you to hell. Yeah. The only sin that's going to damn you to hell, the only sin that's going to cause you to not be right with God is your Lord, sin, yeah. is the sin that you commit. And so deal with that first, you know? Yeah. And so I, I know that it's hard for like people that are actively witnessing. I think you and me would fall in that category. People that we share the gospel with people mm. when we can, when we give it the opportunity, not perfectly, not always. Me definitely less than you, but yeah. <laughs> well, <I'm... laughs> no, nah, there's levels of this. It, yeah. It's just that Sunday comes every <laughs> Sunday. Just Sunday just happens every every week. But at the same time, right? At the same at the same time, um, we, we're sharing the gospel, and we just we never want to make it seem like we're beyond the gospel because we're never beyond the gospel. Yeah. You know, I think that's that's crucial for Christians. You don't have to have it all together. That's why Jesus matters. If you could have it all together, you don't need Jesus. And if you don't need Jesus, that means he died for nothing. He died like the cost was great because we needed that cost. And when Jesus prayed, you know, if there's any other way, any other way, and there was no other way than his death, you know? Yeah, crazy. Man, What uh, what what are you most looking forward to when you get home, man? What like me not not business, not job, not what are you most looking forward to? Uh I guess freedom. Um you know, just being able to like go visit us. Is it because we live in a blue state called Hawaii? <laughs> what kind of freedom are you talking nah, about? No, nah, no, I mean like driving, like if I want to go to West Virginia, like Oh, that kind of freedom. Yeah, drive around some. Freedom of movement. Yeah. I just feel I just love the South, bro. My appreciation for the South has grown. Not saying people aren't friendly here, but like I just love you know Southern hospitality. It's a special kind of friendly in the South, bro. <laughs> I, I mean, I went to school in the South. Yeah, yeah. The special kind of friendly. It's yeah. really friendly. Yeah, nah, I miss it. I mean, just the vibes, open roads, road trips, like yeah. Hawaii was dope though. You'll never hear me. I mean. I got a property out here, apartment. I'm going to try to hold on to. I could be back here. I just got to get my money straight. Let's go get the money right. It's expensive out here, though. (laughs) Yeah, dude. Your grocery bill about to be better. 
Yeah. You guys got Costco out there? Oh, yeah, man. It's crazy. I've never been to Costco until I came here. For real? Is it I bigger? A, I was a club man until I came here. Sam's Club? Yeah. The Blue? Yeah, I went to it a couple times here, and people were like, man, you got to get converted to Costco. <laughs> Bro, Costco. I was like, yeah, changed my way. <laughs> Dude, Costco. <laughs> Costco's legit. I like Sam's Club, too. It yeah. just has a it's different like, vibe. It's, just a, it's like a nicer Walmart. It's a nicer Walmart. That's what someone explained to me. I'm like, dang, that's right. Sam's Club is Walmart. Upgraded. Yeah. It might even be connected to Walmart. I don't know. It is. It is? So. Pretty sure. Okay. And Costco is like the upgraded Target. Yeah, and Target's already nice where I'm from. Target's nice, bro. <laughs> you can do some shopping at Target. We never did grocery shopping at Target. You can do some shopping months. at Target, bro. Yeah. Yeah, I bought, I bought some clothes for Vietnam at Target. Like, on my way to Vietnam. Yeah. Yeah, Target's nice. Yeah, I'll be, dude, I, I would love to visit the East Coast, man. One yeah. Day. You ever come through, man, let me know. Yeah? I mean, I'm, I'll probably be running up and down the East Coast for a little while trying to get it, but I'll be, I'll be somewhere bro, there. Bro, how do you guys view us West Coast people? Is it a different vibe? Like, is, is it wait, a different? You consider yourself West Coast, West Side? Yeah, I consider myself West Coast. Yeah, that's crazy because I would not. Nah, dude, I'll, I'll plead the fifth on that. What man. do you? What do you? Like, what do you guys think about us? What do you guys think about us? Like, what do you guys think about us? Like California to Hawaii kind. You don't want to know, man. Hawaii is different. Honest. Hawaii is different than West Coast. I want to be connected to the West Coast. I've man. never once heard uh, Southerner talk about Hawaiians. For real? But West Coast people. When I was in the South, Southerners did talk about Yankees. Yeah, of course, Yankees. Man. They saw they like talked Chris. about Yankees. That's what yeah. they did. Like I, I'm not even lying. They were still using the term Yankees. Yeah. You guys called soda Coke. Yeah. Everywhere you get a yeah, Coke. I never called a pop. I was like, can I get a Coke? What kind? I'm like, yo. Oh, you mean Coke. soda? Soda. Okay. Well, at I least in Tennessee, so. they called it that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What do you guys think? Of, what do you guys think about us? Like, what? what? What's the culture? What's, what's the difference? What's, what's one thing you're like? Ah, it's a little weird that what you guys do. Uh, dude, West Coast, man, I just think they look at them as more like conceited. East but Coast again, people? Yeah, East Coast. Because you're East Coast and South. Yeah, man. Okay. South. So this is what I think about East Coast. So let me tell you this. You guys are very blunt. Mm, really? Yeah, very blunt. I think more of the Yankees are more blunt. Southerners be a little more, you know what I'm saying? Like the Not Southerners, but, but see, that's what I'm trying to figure you, out. So are you are you more Are you more Southern or are you more East Coast? I'm I'm on the coast, bro. I'm on the beach. I can't be, you know what I mean. But you but you're not as like you know like I'm talking about like the yeah, people I met from New York. Yeah. They're like or New Jersey. They just tell it like it is. Yeah. But you're not that. Nah. You're East Coast South. Yeah, we put that Southern charm on it. You know? Okay. I don't like you, kind of. <laughs> You ain't my favorite. Is that like you ain't my favorite? That's what you guys would say. It's not that I don't like you. You're just not my favorite person. No, I got family. I got people. You know, I grew up with. You yeah, my favorite. Dude, are you gonna be back um, with your family when you get back? Uh, yeah, like your, with your my brothers? mom and mm-hmm. yeah, my my one of my brothers is he's probably gonna pick me up from the airport. My other brother's like five hours away. Like sisters are all there. So, but I told him I didn't. I'm not getting out of the military to come babysit. Yeah, yeah. You know I mean, I'll spend some time. You're not- Nah. Bro, we look, I'm gonna tell you this I, about dude. I could have stayed one more year in Hawaii. Like I took a sacrifice. Let me tell you this about where your how many how many nephews and nieces you got? I gotta count them. I got a few. For you got a few? Yeah. On two hands, one hand. I think it's two. All right. Your siblings are struggling right now. <laughs> you are. I mean, you know how we talked about you're coming home 
all the ladies of Myrtle Beach get ready. <laughs> You're a well-traveled, well-seasoned machine. Um, you've seen the world. Well, in a greater way, your siblings are looking at you like the great hope. The, the hope that they be able to go to Chili's with just the two of them. <laughs> or maybe Applebee's, you know? Yeah. The hope that they could go watch a movie and it not be rated G. They need you right now. They're in desperate need. They got to keep hoping. Bro. They, they need you. You are a vessel of the gospel to them. <laughs> yeah. The good news that that hey, maybe... I'll, I'll take the maybe the church. If they want to go to church alone, you know what? I'm there for that. <laughs> they're In their mind, bro, there's a possibility that sparks can once again fly in their marriage. Because Uncle David's coming home. <laughs> they they need you. They need they need the younger brother to step up. <laughs> yeah. I'm not their savior. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> like, I'm not a, Jesus is the only way. Yeah, exactly. He's the only savior. I can't save you. Can't. Bro, that'll that's a ministry right there though. What? Babysitting? Babysitting. Guarantee you meet your wife, babysitting. Wait. How? Guarantee. I don't know. <laughs> if I'm babysitting, are these people married? I guarantee. No, I'm talking about. No, not. <laughs> if you join, like, a, say you babysit and you join one of those um, babysitting communities on Facebook, like a Facebook group, Myrtle Beach Babysitters. Uh, you jump on there. Uh, I see what you're saying. I'm just here to babysit. I babysit my kids. I don't babysit anybody else's kids, but I could use help with these eight. Next thing you know. Whatever her name is, <laughs> Tina. <laughs> Tina's just like, mm, I think I'm going to go help that young man. Mm. He's a well-traveled machine. <laughs> well. <laughs> Former service member. What Coming I, back home. What if I ain't good with kids, man? Oh, if you're not with, okay, that's okay. You can't babysit, bro. You're going to expose weaknesses and <laughs> you're not good with kids? Nah, I think I'm all right. I'm, I'm not good with kids, bro. And I got five of them. Yeah. I just, my arms get sore when I hold them. Uh, you know, like, I enjoy it. Yeah. But, like, I can't wait till they run. Be free. You know what I'm saying? Be free. Have fun. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's what I'm... I like my kids running around. No, but having kids is fun, bro. Yeah. Like, it's, like, it's really fun. It's really sad. Like, it's really, like, satisfying to me. Like, I, if I didn't have kids, I, I don't know. For me personally, like, I was coaching, but, like, this is the most fun I've ever had is having kids. And for me... It's not when they're little, like it's like seeing them grow, like kindergarten, first grade, second grade. Yeah, just seeing them pick up stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like learn stuff. The scariest part is they struggle with the same things that you struggle with. They struggle with. Like what? Like say like, say I complain a lot, which doesn't happen, you know. But say I complain a lot, you'll you'll hear those same complaints come out in your kids, mm. and you want to scold them for it, but you know where they got it from. Like, you'll see your strengths replicated, and you'll see your weaknesses, like, replicated as well. Dang. It's crazy. Makes you want to tighten up. Makes you want to tighten up, you know? And then, if you're slow like me, you don't. And it just keeps <laughs> going, and you're like, well, I would you just create mini-me's. Just creating mini-me's, and you're like, man, you got, we got to do better, guys. <laughs> so, I'm with my son, like, we're in, we're in this together, buddy. We're, yeah. we're going to get better at this. Yeah, man. But it's good. What, what's one of the biggest things you learned just being out here in Hawaii? What's God been teaching you? Uh, 
I don't know. Like, there's a purpose in everything. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's, that's a heavy one. Yeah, probably like there's a purpose in everything. Because out here, it's kind of felt like it was almost like a pause on my life. And then also, like when my dad passed, like my biggest fear happened, like being far away. And it actually, like, once it, the dust settled, I realized it actually was a bigger blessing because due to the fact of me being so far away and having such a great command and work environment that they let me take more time off versus if I was stationed somewhere on the East Coast, I'd be like, you know, because I spent five weeks in the ho- over five weeks in the hospital with him when he was sick. And then I took t- another two weeks for the uh, service and everything. So, like... I realized after like my biggest fear became one of my biggest blessings. Like because I was so far away, I got to spend almost the most time with him in the end. So I mean it's just it's just crazy. Like obviously like in that itself it's like don't fear, don't worry, like things are gonna work out. But uh Yeah, the effort um like how was that when your dad passed, man? That was I mean, it was rough. I mean, you know, I wasn't naive, you know, my dad was in his seventies. And I learned a lot through that, man, as anyone does. And I, even before my dad passed, before he got sick and everything, I remember talking to my close friends and being like, you know, when my dad passes, I can never look up to God with shaking my fist, you know, because I, my dad was so great. He was a role. I'm not just saying this, like multiple generations have said my dad, he was called Big Earn in the Big community. Earn, yep. He was known as a role model, like a father figure, even for many kids, like a coach, soccer coach, uh, so I had such a great father, you know, a great role model for a husband as well. Businessman, like treated people. I've seen him give cars away. I've seen him, you know, let single strugg- uh, struggling mothers, like, don't worry about your car bill, you know, into auto shop. Like, just a great man. Yeah, I went to a homeless shelter with him. He led a men's ministry. Uh, and so I just realized, like, God blessed me so much. When this does happen, I could never be mad with God, but all I could do is turn to him and say, thank you. Mm. You know, it's like he gave me this, one of the greatest gifts you could ever have and told me, you know, one day I'm going to take this back. And he did. And all I can say is thank you. You know, not Mm. everybody has that gift or that great of a gift. You know, I remember being a kid and I have like a young, you know, seven years old, six or whatever, and having friends be like, hey, let's go play in the backyard. They'd be like, no, I want to stay here with your dad in the garage. He's fixing something. I remember being kind of jealous and like kind of mad at young. And as I got older, I'm like, oh, that was my friend who didn't have a dad. Like uh-huh. my dad was like a, his dad and he wanted to spend time with him. There's just things, obviously as a kid, like is what it is. But, you know, looking back, it's like I took that for granted for a lot of times. And I was truly blessed, man. So it's like just ultimately thankful. Obviously it's sad, you know, but he was a believer. He, uh, any, and he was a big reason I'm, I decided to get out. Because that's another crazy thing. I was supposed to sign my one-year extension, uh, and I didn't. Like, I just kept putting it off and off. My dad got sick, and then I was in the hospital. And that's, you know, when I realized, like, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send it. I'm going to get out. Like, you know, life is short. You know, I'm seeing my dad in the hospital and ICU and stuff. It's like, life is short. Like, I'm going to take the risk. And that's what he always encouraged. I actually interviewed him uh, two years before he passed, and I said, what's – your biggest piece of advice, he said, go for your dreams and have them. So that was, that was a big reason too. Like that's also a deeper reason where it's like, I can always go back to the safe job. I can always do these things. Like my dad would have wanted me to go for it. So yeah. yeah. I was going to ask you about that. Cause um, I saw, I saw that interview with you and your dad. Yeah. 
Um, and I loved it. That that inspired. That was the thing that inspired me to do this one because yeah. I saw that. Yeah. And um, I had my dad on. Yeah. And uh, I was listening to your dad's story about him surfing, being Hawaii, mm-hmm. traveling. Um, just all the things that he was doing, car working on cars and things like that. Mm-hmm. And it seemed like your dad was a great guy. I was gonna ask you, like, what what did it mean for you having that video now? Man, it was always in the back of my head too, man. Like time capsules, you know, kinda like I was like, Man, I gotta do this. And I actually we were planning to go on another camping trip and I was gonna do another one with my mom and dad together. Uh, but that, you know, a couple months, like basically a month before that, he went to the hospital. But man, I'm thankful I did that video, dude. Like, and I, I did that ultimately thinking not really for myself, but like for my kids and like grandkids, you know, to look back. Cause I wish I had a video of my grandpa, mm-hmm. you know, telling World War II stories or just growing up. But that was just something I did. I'm, I'm super, super thankful. I have I, right now, you know, he, Passed away still not that long ago, so I can't watch it right now. But, you know, I'll definitely get to that place again. Yeah. For sure. Bro, that's, I mean, yeah, that's tough, dude. I can't imagine going through that. Um, and I know that the time is coming, you know, eventually. My dad my dad was always, my father, my, my dad, he was always kind of drilling that in us from when we were kids. Drilling what? The idea that he won't always be here. Mm. Um, and, um, kind of just preparing us, you know, like yeah. preparing us to walk the road. Cause I know for him, it was hard losing his parents and, um, yeah, like for me personally, like I, I have stories of my grandpa, just like you, you know, you have stories of your grandpa Yeah. and I wish I, I wish I threw that camera on him. You know, I, th- I wish I was able to, mm-hmm. you know, but it's cool that you have that with your pops, you know? Yeah. Now uh, you do too, man. Yeah. Yeah. So this is, a, this is a great medium, you know, like that, that's the thing I love about this is like, man, we get to talk and we get to just hear the stories and the testimony because your, your dad, your dad was a, that's a testimony, man. <laughs> yeah. Dude, he was, he was doing some stuff. Yeah, man. He lived a full life. He lived a full sure. life, man. And man. I mean, we had, yeah. And statistically, even speaking, I've had a lot of addiction in my family and like for him to, to live all the way to 70 in his seventies that to not have any kids pass away or any major tragedies. Like he was a blessed, he's a very blessed man. Like he, he won, you know, successful yeah. marriage, successful business, healthy family. Like he did it, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. love the Lord. Yeah. 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 And, uh, at his funeral, someone came up to me and said, and I didn't even recognize him at first. It's a really old couple. And, uh, they were like, you know, your father. And as she's talking, I'm like, Oh my gosh, I remember y'all. Y'all were old when I was a kid. When we used to go to church, oh, I didn't say snap. that. But <laughs> I, was, I was like, did you tell him that? <laughs> As she was talking, I'm like, wow, dude, this is trippy. And uh, anyway, she's like, your dad's testimony is still on the DVD that we play for newcomers in our church. Like his testimony is still used, being used today oh. for God's glory. I was like, man, man, awesome to hear, dude. Dude, to, to get a, to get a, um, like just to live, uh, I'm sure. Just to live a bit like your dad would be, would be like incredible. Yeah. Like just, sure. I, I'm glad that you're going for it, bro. Yeah. If that, if that's why, especially if that's why, I'm glad you're going for it, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's what he would want for sure. Yeah. Don't play it safe, man. Life's too short. <laughs> yeah. Your dad did not play it safe. 
<laughs> that's a crazy video, man. Yeah, dude. Yeah. That's exciting, though. It's exciting for you, man. I'm excited for all the stuff you got going on, man. Yeah. yeah. Man. You, you worried about anything when you go back? I feel like maybe I should be, but I'm really not, man. Like, God blessed me with some savings, so it's not like I'm sitting, you know, sitting here dead broke. Like, you know, I have some savings to fall back on, but I just got to send it, dude. See what happens. How many cameras are you rolling with? I only got two right now, man. Which one? The Sony FX30 and the Sony A7 III. I mean, they ain't, they're not fancy, but, like, they'll get the job done for what I'm doing. It ain't what you got. It's how you use it. Yep, that's true. That's true. You know? We got to get you another FX30. I know, dude, because that's the thing. Like, I think it's so good, bro. Yeah. And then it starts to get kind of crappy when you try to match the footage from different cameras. Yeah, yeah. Which is what I'm lenses. about to do. Look at this. Yeah. This is ridiculous. This is two <laughs> completely different cameras. This is ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. You got the big boy. You got the big boy, though. Yeah, the big boy. <laughs> Sucks to work with, though. It's a, it's a rather large file. Yeah, I believe yeah. it. Dude, so are you using AI at all, like, for your edits or no? Nah, dude. I'm, a, I'm probably doing things in such a... In, you know, unproductive way. Yeah. I try to do the AI, but like it just, it makes my job harder. I what do you like. mean AI? Like with the editing? Yeah. Like try to do autopod or something like that. Like something that cuts up the podcast. That's what I was going to think about doing. I heard it's not seamless. Like It sucks. Yeah. It made my work harder because I got to go find the cuts. Uh, I got to go find the crappy cuts, you know, and then like yeah. find it and then like delete it and recut. Yeah. Not it. One, switch to DaVinci. Use DaVinci. Way better than Premiere. Premiere sucks. How much is it? Bro, if you buy a black magic camera, it comes for free. <laughs> I didn't for buy how a much is a black magic? Four, five, six grand? Not two grand. Oh, okay. I, I didn't buy a black magic camera, but my friend did. So you probably got some friends out there that have bought the camera that like they don't even use the DaVinci. And you don't have to pay for it every month? No, you just buy it. It's all right. Dang. Yep, DaVinci Resolve Studio, bro. You got the pro version and everything. I love it. I might have I might have to grow it's up the and best. do it one day. It's the best. Yeah. It's like Final Cut and Premiere had a baby that far surpassed any of them. <laughs> they had a child that was nothing like them. It was just way better in every way. The star. And then wanted nothing to do with his parents because they sucked. That's what, that's what Da Vinci is. Time, that's what Da Vinci is, man. It's <laughs> legit, dude. I'm telling you, you got to try it. Yeah. You got to try Da Vinci Resolve, bro. One, get another FX30. I'm telling myself the same thing. They're not, yeah, I mean, they're pretty cheap in the camera world, for sure. I wish I could have one. Yeah. It's always, like, I got, like, I was, I'm I'm not wealthy enough to have multiple same cameras. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're like, you feel that way? Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, bro, oh, yeah. I'm not, I, I don't have enough money to have the same camera, so yeah. I got to have cameras that do different things. Now they yeah. just suck it when I got to use them both. <laughs> Dang. Yeah. Dude. I'm excited for you, man. I appreciate you jumping on. Nah, I appreciate this, man. Yeah. It, was, it was really cool. I'm sure there are a lot of things I left out I wanted to say, but save it for the next episode. Dude, man. next episode, we got to jump on. Maybe we'll do it in Myrtle Beach. On the beach. On the, There's a beach out there? It's a beach. Bro, is you guys beach. beach? Okay, I got to. Sorry, sorry. Is the beach cold out there? Because California nah, beaches, dude, they suck. They're it's cold. warm, bro. It's, for real? Yeah. Bathtub warm in the summer. Bathtub warm. Okay, that's, I mean, not, it's that's not, not the kind of warm that I was. Nah, that's what I mean. Like, it's not like. But you guys don't have like clear water either. No, nah, Dookie Brown, a lot of places. <laughs> bro, hold on, hey, bro. Dookie nah, Brown, man, bro. Gotta be, why can't it be just Brown, bro? Dookie Brown. That's, that's a, a very specific, specific type of brown. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> dookie nah, I mean, brown. It's a little greenish. I mean, it depends area. I mean, it might be a little dookie greenish too, but it's like. That's not a beach. 
It's a beast, man. Oh, bro, man. <laughs> but you go more north a little bit. Like Myrtle Beach kind of dirty. You don't want to go to like the beach in Myrtle Beach. North Myrtle Beach is better. Sunset Beach is a lot nicer. Look, it's pretty much green. But I mean, But you guys only get sunrises out there, right? Yeah. See that Hey, you can't have everything. Man. See, that's like that's that, that bothers me. Why? So you see the sunset, but it's not by water. It's just like over some mountains. No mountains, man. It's flat out there. Oh, right for real? Yeah. It's just flat. Flat. Oh, jeez. It's different, man. Wow. The You're used to Hawaii, man. I'm used to Hawaii. Like I went to the beach. I went to one beach before, on the East Coast. Second year. Sophomore year, college, I drove down to Panama City, expecting a beach. It was cold. It was dirty. Smelt kind of funny. Yeah, that's where people go to party. Bro, that's what I. That's what I learned that that yeah. was a party place. Where I stayed in and watched Redbox the whole time. That's why I watched the movie Hurt Locker like three times. Nice. Or Hurt Locker. Yeah. yeah. Diffusing the bombs. Yeah. Yeah, that's what, that's what I watched. I, I just watched that movie because the beach sucks so bad, bro. And dude, I try to go to a club. I tried to be in the club. I try. I tried to like go and just enjoy. Yeah. Could never enjoy it, bro. It was never fun to me. The club. Yeah, because I guess you know, like like going, like go to the club, just me, just going with your friends. Yeah, yeah. Like, bro, like I would just like go. I'm going back to the to the room. Yeah. I was never into it ever. Huh. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. I, I grew up in Waipahu, so like. Just hang out with your friends, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, we'd much rather just hang out with your friends. For sure. Yeah, I never did the club thing. Yeah. I like I like, I like, like small town, hanging out on the porch, hanging out on a balcony, hanging out in the front of your house. Like, that's, that's what I like. Still to this day, I'd rather just hang out Yeah. at a house, you know? Yeah, I feel that. And go out. Except for... Actually, never mind. I do like going to nice restaurants. <laughs> I do like... <laughs> yeah. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> Yeah, actually, I do like You're talking like fine dining, fine, some Olive Garden. We're talking some Olive here. Garden, bro. I, I do like me some Olive Garden. Yeah, I do. I do like some fine dining. I do like going out. I like to go to movies. So, dude, I love movies, man. I bro, go by myself. I go by myself too, you do? bro. Yeah. Dang. Yeah. Well, before I had kids, <laughs> okay. now I got kids. It's like a little harder. <laughs> but I, I will admit, dude, when um, Top Gun Maverick came out, my wife took all of my kids and watched Jurassic Park. No way. To let me watch Top Gun Maverick with my brother. The movie was dope. It was dope, dude. I felt bad, bro. I felt bad, but I said- Your boy might have liked it, but you're just like, nah. Who's that? My son? Yeah. Yeah, he didn't. He went with my wife to watch um, Jurassic Park. I feel kind of guilty about that. (laughs) You're saying he might have liked Maverick, dude. But she said it was okay. She said it was fine. She said she could take the kids, and that's what I did, bro. My wife holds it down in movie theaters. One time I watched Spider-Man and my wife was like, just, you're getting irritated with the kids. Just go sit over there. So I sat by myself and my <laughs> wife was just like holding all the kids, bro. I was like, should I go over there? Thanks, sir. That's I cool, man. Well, it's cool for for me, but I don't think it's cool. I got to step up. I know. No, I mean, that's cool. She can handle it. I mean, Dude, she's a beast, man. That's what I mean. Yeah. You know, like, I, th- I think... uh. The reason I'm able to do stuff that I do is is because my wife like holds it down. Yeah. You know, like I, I'm not able to do any of this. I'm not able to like work at the church. I'm not able to do like the side businesses or whatever if my wife wasn't holding it down. 
She homeschools our kids. She has she's a CEO at his yeah. house. She makes the decision. She makes the big de- the big decisions about what goes on in here. Yeah. You know, that's my wife. And it'll freeze me up to like focus on other ways to provide for the family and just kind of move the ball forward, you know? Yeah. And to have like to cast vision just for our family. So it's like, I don't know, man. He who finds a wife finds a good thing, you know, and obtains yeah. favor from the Lord. And if you can find one that's just Proverbs 31, which is what? To strive for, like it just changes the game. It frees you up to do so much stuff, you know. Yeah. And um, yeah, I've been really blessed, man. To be honest, sure. really blessed. Yeah. But you got freedom, though. <laughs> I'm just trying to. I'm just trying to stay positive <laughs> for you, my homie. Nah, man. Stay strong, dog. God, God's got everybody on a on a path. I I personally, I tell people this all the time. Like, I wish that in every season I was in, my my only regret with every single season was that. I was more content mm. no matter what yeah, yeah. that I'm more content now and not thinking about what it would be like if the kids were out that I'm more content when I was back in the day and it was just me and my wife. And I was like, I wish we had kids already. I wish I was more content at every single stage of our lives. And, um, yeah. it's hard to do, man. What's sometimes I think about, do you ever know, do you ever like recognize when you are content? Cause I don't like, I don't look back and like, be like I remember that at that point in time I was really content. Maybe like when you're content, you're not thinking about being content. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of weird. I think you're just living, enjoying. <laughs> yeah. I, th- I think I think contentment, a, a part of it is this recognition of Ecclesi- what Ecclesiastes talks about, which is life is short. Life is short. Everything you have can be lost in an instant. And God's gift to you is to enjoy the short little life that you got. And I think if you get there, you go. That's that's God's gift to me. Not only do I have that, but I have Jesus. I'm good, you know? Yeah. I have spurts of like I can look back and go, I am content, you know. But I think the the hard part for us is we're kind of entrepreneurial. And so we're balancing being content with like getting after it. And I don't think they're opposed to each other, you know? Yeah. I think you can get after it with freedom if you're content. Because you you're yeah. not living you're not living and dying by your success. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um and so even in this next season, you're not, you're not, uh, your value and your worth before God is not going to be determined on if your YouTube career takes off or your, or your brand takes off. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like that's already set. That's good. So it gives you the freedom to go harder because yeah. <laughs> you, you literally can't fail. Mm. You know what I mean? Like you literally yeah. cannot fail. In the main like, scheme of things for sure. Yeah. But in the not main scheme of things. You can absolutely fail. Blow it big time, <laughs> you can crash and burn. You can crash and burn. It's just that your your the end point is going to be up here. You know what I mean? Yeah. The end is here, and it might just be yeah. at the end. You know. Still encouraging though. Yeah, but but bro, we can't fail, dude. Like, yeah. and I think I can't wait to see what happens for both of us in at the end of twenty twenty four when we're reflecting on. You know what I mean? If the Lord allows us to take opportunities that are there. If we take all the opportunities that God gives us wisely and we stay consistent, I'm excited about what God would have for us. You know, yeah. you're an encouragement to me, bro, because you're you're way ahead. And I'm excited about that. <laughs> nah, man. I mean, you've been a big blessing, dude. Like, I remember the first time seeing you preach, bro. I was like, who is this guy? He doesn't seem that old either. You know what I mean? <laughs> but, but, but you find out I'm old. Find out you're 55 years old. <sighs> I'm 33. But now, nah, I mean, from where I'm from, dude, I've never been to a church where a pastor was that young. But and I really liked how you preached; like it was real, like kind of blunt. You know what I mean? Like I, Dang. you know what I mean? Kind of East and Coast. It, 
Yeah, you're East Coast with it on East stage. Coast. East Coast got something to say. Bro, I think I remember that time when you guys came. I preached without any notes. So it was all Bible. You were just screaming at us. I was I was all Bible. And my wife was like, why were you so mad today? Dude, that's what I like, I was man. like, oh, was I mad? I was like, I was just going through the passage. I was like, I was yeah. like no. I was getting fired up, dude. He was like, "Why are you so mad?" I was like, "I was, I wasn't using my notes. I was just like reading the text." And I came up to you after, I'm like, "Man, great preaching!" Oh dude. man, oh yeah, like something, something funny about just preaching, man. Like, um, I never wanted to be unnecessarily hard, you know, for for God's people, and I think that um, I'm trying my best to get out of the way and let the text speak for itself. Yeah. And, and a lot of times I just see a lot of gentleness and meekness in Jesus, but not, not soft, like not just being weak though. And not just being like unafraid to say stuff, but I always want to like balance like my tendency to be like straightforward about it. I think I'm very straightforward because I got nothing, bro. I got no creativity to the word. (laughs) Like what did Kanye West say? Like, I don't need sauce on the word. I got enough sauce out there in the world. Uh That's kind of how I feel like. I just can't do the word with I try. I try to be creative with it and yeah. I just like I fail. I'm like, yeah. I just gotta preach what's right here because I got nothing creative to like I got yeah. nothing creative about what I'm, what's being said here. Yeah, no fresh word. I got no <laughs> I got a fresh word. It's just it's this word that's been fresh yeah, for two thousand yeah. years is all I got. Yeah. Man, you gotta get your special effects up, bro. Yeah. Yeah. Nah. Start bringing some whiteboards up there. and I want to rappel from the roof, but we only got a nine-foot ceiling, bro. Just be like, doink. Let's get a trampoline set. <laughs> just, you see my legs hanging like, <laughs> I see them right there. <laughs> hey, if that ever happens, man, make sure you tell me so I can watch it. It'll be stream. on the live stream. Okay. You can always see our stuff on the live stream, bro. Yeah. So we're back in. We're, we're actually going to close, but we started talking about something else because um, David had stuff boiling his beef. Mm-hmm. Um, we're talking about singleness in the church. Like, what what are the challenges of singleness in the church? Man, some <laughs> coming from someone who's single, like, I try to practice what I preach, though, you know? Like, I got a lot of friends, you know, who are Christian and single, male and female, and I'm not going to name names, even some siblings, and it's like, you know, all men suck, you know, even guys in the church, they're just the same, all this and that. It's like, well, when's the last time you've been to a church? It's been a couple months or like everyone there is older than 60. Like, why don't you try another church? I don't, but there's always an excuse. You know what I mean? It's sad sausage energy, as I like to call it. And uh, pause. <laughs> no, those are for females too. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, yeah, All right, yeah. My bad. Sad, Unpause. Yeah, that's not Keep gen- going, keep going. Okay, yeah, keep resume. going. My bad. Uh, nah, but... Yeah, with the, uh, and, you know, guy friends, same thing. Like, they want, they claim that they want one thing, but their actions speak another. And I always like to say, if you want a certain type of fish, you got to go to the right pond or lake. You know what I mean? And it's like, I see over and over, they keep doing the same thing, expecting different results. Like, this, you know, I met this guy, treated me real bad. Where'd you meet him? The bar. Or where'd you meet her? Oh, I mean, tender. I'm not a tender hater, but I ain't a tender lover. <laughs> You know that's what I'm cool. saying? That's cool. <laughs> but, cool that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm not on there, but yeah, man, it's just sometimes. Are you a tender lover? 
I don't know. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> not a Tinder lover. I don't know, man. It's been a long time. I have I've been single for a while. So for real? Like, yeah, dude. For real? For real. How for long? Real. Uh, shoot, man. I ain't had a situation in like three and a, three four years, bro. Dang. Yeah. What's that? Only God knows. Only God knows. Nah. Was it, was it Slim Pickens out here in Hawaii? Uh, dude. I, let me let me just tell you this. Let me just let me just like give some background to why I asked that question. Yeah. So many people, most of the people I know, leave here and then they go find their spouse, like and they get married real fast. Yeah. I don't know, like how many times that just keeps happening over and over and over again. Yeah. It's just. We'll see, man. I don't know. I don't know. Just I don't know what it that is. over my life, you know. <laughs> <laughs> let me say this though. All right, let me say this about the church's perspective on singleness. I think that I think that the church does get it wrong when it talks about singleness being a gift. It, it, it's a gift in the same way that anything can be used as a gift. Meaning, if you have, I don't know, illness that you're struggling through, it could be a gift-like thing when you navigate it. But, it, but, but primarily, a sickness is an affliction, not a gift. Yeah. The gift is you don't burn with passions, right? The gift is that you have this gift. The celibacy is the gift. Singleness is not the gift. And so you navigate it in a different way. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if you, if, if the, the way I heard a pastor say it was for a person who has the gift of celibacy, meaning they have no passion, no desire to be with anybody else, for them, a relationship would be absolutely a distraction, right? Like having to take mm. care of a, like a wife when I don't have, I have no yeah. needs. It's a distraction to my ministry. Mm. But for someone that does not have the gift of celibacy, right? They don't have this, this gift. They, they burn with passions. It's better to marry. Yeah. And the reason is, oftentimes, not having a relationship can become a distraction. Mm. Right? And so you navigate it much differently than I think a lot of times we, we do in the church sometimes. Like, it's, it's okay to... Be in a season of singleness, that's fine. But singleness is a season of life that you go in and out of, right? Like I'm married now, but something could happen and I could be single tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. Right? Like like something or or my wife can be single tomorrow. Something happened to me, you know, yeah. God forbid. And so I think that I think that we have been the way we've been pushing, like, no, singleness is this thing to be pursued. Yeah. Well, when you don't burn if you burn with passion, it is not a thing to be pursued. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like so I think we got a lot of people who are just like, I just got to be content right now. And like, oh, you navigate that season correctly. Like if you had an illness, navigating correctly isn't just sitting on your hands and going like, I struggle with obesity. Yeah. Like get, get out there and, and work out. Pursue yeah. health. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I really appreciate, and I hate to say it, like we're the church lacks or anything, but I definitely appreciate how you, like when we had our coffee meeting, whatever it was, a year and a half ago or whatever, like, you know, we talk practically. I think the church doesn't do that a lot. I think about the spiritual aspects, like practical things, like, you know, f for people in search certain situations, like obviously find a church that preaches the Bible. But if it's possible, maybe if you're able to find a church that preaches the Bible who also has people your age in it, and you are someone who has the desire to get married and have a godly relationship or Christ in a relationship, like that might be the move, mm -hmm. you know? And I definitely like appreciate our uh, conversations about that but 
Yeah, man. I'm trying to practice what I preach, and uh, that's just, it's yeah. pretty frustrating. You know, I think there's just a lot of people that have unrealist, unrealistic standards when they're not living up to the standard themselves yeah. as, a, as a Christian. Yeah. Do you ever get, I, mean, I hate to just ask these questions, but I'm, I'm interested in them. Bro. Do you ever get frustrated in your season of singleness right now, or are you, are you, are you pretty good right now? I've always found the time, I, I don't. I don't think I've ever felt lonely because like I said, from the jump, man, I, even homeschooling, like I was homeschooling by myself for a period. Like I had to entertain, had to be comfortable with being alone, mm. you know? And uh, so I don't think I've ever dealt with loneliness, but the times that I've like, man, I really want to get married or really one of this. I'm not healthy <clears throat> spiritually at those times. Like I can take a step back. I'm like, Oh, like I feel distant from God right now. Like, this is just a result of my distance from God or my obedience. This isn't like, because when you if you think too much on it, it's like that's the that's the problem, that's the issue. Right. I'm single. I need a wife. It's like no, like take a step back. Like, are you like uh, intimate with the Lord right now? Yeah. You know what I mean. So for me, it's always not a quick fix. Like I do want a wife. You know what I mean. But I'm not going to force it. Yeah. Like I've I've seen that. You know what I'm saying. Like, uh, but yeah. Just, but I'm trying. Like, there's been times in my past where I was living, you know, one foot, one foot out, one foot in, with you know my walk, and I truly believe that there were Christian females around me that God protected from me. Dang. You know what I mean? Because I'm, I'm the last person to say like I'm a gift. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm a gift. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm the gift prize. From the Lord. I'm the prize. I think some rapper did said yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. If yeah. you're a man, stop that. <laughs> She's the prize, not you. Yeah. Stop dude. that. Yeah. You play the Christ role in your relationship. You pursue, you die for the prize, bro. Calm down with this. Yeah, dude. Men need self-esteem. We got to go kill the dragon, Goodness. man. Yeah, slay the dragon, man. Slay the dragon, man. Yeah, she, you know what I mean? she's in the, the castle top. You know what I mean? We're not. What? How, how rude. Women are, you're not empowering there. What? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to run with your metaphor, and you're over here turning on me. No, but you know, you know, um, somebody asked me about like advice for what I would say to to them. They were talking about relationships, and I don't have a good answer for like advice for being single. Like, what should I do? What should I? What should I do here? I want to have a relationship, but I want to focus, and I don't have a lot of advice. But I read this this passage in in Proverbs. I forget where it is, so I'm not. I'm not going to take time to look it up right now. Yeah, but. It's something like um, plow your fields and then build your house. Um, and, and in my mind, I think that it's like, God, you don't know who your spouse is. You don't know her name exactly. You don't know where she is, right? But you know that if you're going to choose one and God is going to reveal one to you, has to love Jesus, um, has all these other qualities that you know that you're looking for in a woman, you know, that loves Jesus, fruits of the spirit. But one thing you do know as a man, any man, young man, right, man in his career, God's given you a mission. He's given you something to pursue. And so that's your known. Pursue the thing that you know God's called you to do. Plow your field. Mm. Build your house after. Yeah. Right? Like, you don't know when you're going to meet the a person that you're going to marry. Yeah. But you do know that you got to feed You know you got to work. You know God's giving you a vision. You know he's giving you direction. Yeah. You know he's giving you a mission, right? Specifically for you, you know exactly like what you're going to be pursuing with this music and with this. With the direction. The direction God's giving you. So go do that. 
then anybody that you would be interacting with will be someone that you find on your mission. Yeah. Right. And so it will be somebody that's okay with the mission that God's already given you. you yeah. Know? I think about that. Like I can't, you know, I can't have that energy. I'm going to wait around and wait for a wife. Like, nah, like I got to live my life. I got to do my thing. And on that same note with the fields, like plowing the fields, like I think about a verse that had a big impact on me. I forgot the uh, actual verse, but it was We're like. We're just terrible at remembering verses of both of us, man. Yeah, I'm sorry. dude. I don't know. I, I know like paraphrasing, but it was like, uh, you know, a man or a person who doesn't provide for the members of his own household is worse than an unbeliever. Is that, he is, it's even worse. He has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. And that hit me heavy, bro. Cause that's a, that's another layer behind. Like, I, I don't have time. Like I'm getting out of the military. Like, I'm leaving a steady job. Like I don't have time to dilly dally. Like that's another layer behind all this is I need to build this business or build this, whatever portfolio to make money. Cause I don't want to, you know what I mean? Be the house. I don't want to be the housewife or I don't want to be like, <laughs> Making no money, be like, hey, I would like to marry you, but I'm broke. Yeah, you know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. I, I want to be able to, and I know it's, you know, 2023, like, it's pretty common for there to be a two income household, mm -hmm. but you get what I'm saying. Like, yeah. I want to be able to provide, and that's yeah. another influence. There's nothing wrong with that. I think that there are challenges in my marriage because um, I wasn't making a lot when I got married that we didn't have to have. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. They're not, not just the insecurities that I had not being able to provide a living for, you know, my wife, but also just like the, just the challenges of like, you know, like life, like my wife had to work, you know what I mean? It's not, it's not ideal. Like for us, for what we believe God's called us to, you know, it wasn't ideal at the time. Um, but there are challenges that you can avoid. And just for us, we're convictionally, we were like, we were pretty convinced my wife was going to homeschool the kids. Mm -hmm. And, um, that meant that I had to go work outside, you know, and, yeah. and, yeah, so I don't think that's a bad thing to pursue being able to, like, if God says you've denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever, I assume that it's a very, very good thing for men to provide. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to be able to provide, yeah. if you are able to yeah. provide, you know? Yeah. yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. So I think that, I was talking to my pops about this, like, I really, um, like for me, CNN Media is um, just it means a lot to me because I want to produce all my family's content. Like I want to, I was telling my brother, my sister-in-law, like my wife, Hey, whatever content we want to do, like mm. I want to get to the point where I can just focus on building our family's mm. stuff to prov help provide for all of our people, you know? Yeah. And so there's bigger, bigger goals than just, just this podcast or just me, you know, I want to, want to be able to be a blessing and uh, I can't wait to see how you do that, man. <laughs> Lord willing, bro. That that that's like my that's my uh, catchphrase now, Lord willing, man. That came through, you know, starting the whole video thing and so many people not showing up on dates, not showing up, and like I learned to take that that verse very ser seriously. Like, don't say we're gonna go into this town and do this and this on this day. It's like say if the Lord wills it, you know, put that southern twang on it. It's Lord willing, you know <laughs> Lord I mean? willing. If the Lord see fit, you know. So, bro, so people just don't show up on shoots. Yeah, but remember, I'm doing it for free. Oh yeah, they don't have no. It's a blessing to them. Like it's like you're getting a professional video for free, whatever. But they don't value it. Yeah, a lot. If of they them, don't pay and, it. They don't value. And they're it. artists, bro. I mean, yeah, dude. Yeah, they're like a lot of them are waking up. Late, I'm an artist. So. I show up on time. Yeah, you're. Hey, man, you're God's children. Man, <laughs> come on, artists. You got a higher standard, you know what I mean? bro. Artists, and you know what? I'm paying to. <sighs> 
Somebody got to pay for this art, man. <laughs> Do, they don't tip you? Never. No. Hey, but I'm blessed. You know what I'm saying? Like, I have friends. and I have friends. Shout out to Slim Shady. You, know you don't Slim? No, it's a different Slim. Oh. You would like him, though. His name's Christian. Oh. But he, yeah, I remember him being like, you don't charge these people? I'm like, nah, dude. You All know? love. But, but, but no, you built but, the channel to where it is, though. Yeah, but now, oh, I made my money back. Believe yeah. me, I made my money back. Been oh. a blessed. Is, is, it, is it a decent living at this point? Like, a, like you could, you just got to keep going? Uh, Well, it's like stocks. If yeah. you see YouTube analytics, it's yep, like, yep, I do. like the past two days, like my views went down a lot. Like, yeah. But right right now, it's it's pretty, it's a lot more than I ever expected from YouTube. Like I could live, live probably in the South like poor off of YouTube right Let's go. Now. We can be yeah. poor in the South. Yeah. That made me want to kick a fat kid in Kmart. <laughs> That's what Theo Vaughn says. Yeah. I'm not fat shaming though. I'm a pastor. I just, that was just a phrase that I heard on a podcast. I probably shouldn't have made that joke. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. But I was hanging with David. You know how to sanctify. I'm a bad influence. He, he was bad influence. Southerner, redneck. Redneck, Southern, just all of that, all of those qualities. Bring out that That grit. made me say what I just said twice on this podcast. You but said it, man. Not but me. it's David's fault. I don't want to blame nobody, but I don't want to blame myself either. I'm Akon, man. Blame it on me. Can I blame you? You're leaving anyway. Yeah. David's channel is bigger than mine. He's leaving anyway. <laughs> I made that joke because David brought it up when we were off camera, but I said it twice on camera. It's fake news. Don't cancel me. <laughs> I want to be a pastor. I am the fat kid at Walmart. <laughs> Kmart. I am. Maybe it's Kick just, me. Kick me. <laughs> kick me for saying that. Theo Vaughn's a bad influence. Go find a kid to kick you at Kmart. <laughs> yeah, bro. I just gotta feel, feel bad, bro. Like, I don't wanna be known for that. Bro, what if you like, I'm trying to produce this content. I'm trying to have conversations about the Lord and just talking to other believers. And, and then you start seeing my content six months from now. You're like, he's doing pranks, getting kicked in Walmart. Skits. This is ridiculous, Christian. If you do see me veering from my path, call me out. One I'll of the, unsubscribe, bro, for sure. And let me know you unsubscribe. And let everybody I'll comment know. and say canceled. I canceled. I'm now. done. I'm done. I'm picking up Netflix again, but I'm canceling you. You're a waste of my time. Because, bro, here's the thing, man. One of the reasons that I'm doing this format, though, is because for me, it fits with what I'm trying to do, what, what we're doing in my ministry as a pastor. Like, I wanted to talk to people, regular people. I always wanted to do that because I grew up in the podcast era listening to pastors, like listening mm -hmm. to like watching YouTube videos like Mark Driscoll. Yeah. You know what I mean? Matt Chandler, yeah, I love Matt. John Piper, Paul Washer, all these yeah. people, content creators. Yeah. Even they don't want to act like they're not. You were the first content creators, yeah. reform people. <laughs> um, Bible people, you guys are producing content. That's why you're popular. Um, but I always wanted to, cause I grew up in a blue collar family. Like my dad was an electrician. Yeah. My brother's an electrician, right? My dad has a, con a contracting company, Tripoli Electric, shout out. But I always wanted to hear how those guys follow Jesus. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like what is their life look like following Jesus out there in the world, in the marketplace, trying to glorify him. While dealing with a lot of things in the world. Yeah. Right? And you got to live and you got to work. So 
That's why I'm doing this format. That's why I'm not doing pranks, even though I could be kicking people in Kmart. Or you getting kicked. Or I could get kicked myself because I am that kid Yeah. in the Kmart. Bro, the whole blue collar thing, though, I always, sometimes I've always, not always, but sometimes I like envy the blue collar guys. Like sometimes I wish I just had a desire to be a mechanic like my dad <laughs> or a plumber. Dude, I just paid a plumber $300 for coming to my apartment for an hour, like. They're making bank, but that's a whole different story. But like the faithful believers that, you know, do the nine to five, come home, love their kids and wife. Like, yep. I don't know, dude, that's so dope. Like yep. I love meeting like faithful believers and like ones like that, that like serve in their church too. Like, oh dude, that serve. Yeah. yeah. How can we not like do the things we're doing and then serve in the church when we got these guys working hard, yeah. serving in the church as well. Yeah, I have a lot of respect for people like that. And when they like utilize their skill set too, yep. like that's super dope. Man. Bro, I, I wish I said, I, I, the way you said it was very convicting. You said, I wish I desired to do that. What? what? You said, I, you actually said, I wish I wanted to do, I wish I had the desire Sometimes to do that. Like, because like, me too. Like, I wish I could like <laughs> go downstairs and be like, I'm going to change some oil today. Bro, but I got no desire, bro. <laughs> I got no desire. I got no desire. I wish I I wanted to go downstairs and just be like, let me go just change this engine real quick. Yeah. But I don't. You know what I want to do? I want to film the guy changing that oil. (laughs) Can I make a story about you? (laughs) (laughs) Here, do it. (laughs) Get you on my podcast. Yeah, let me get you on. Let me talk about, what do you talk about hard work? I want to hear it. (laughs) Yeah, I want you to talk about all the hard work. Yeah, dude, respect to those people, though, for sure. Shout out to Blue Collar guys. Shout out man. to Blue Collar guys, man. And women, I guess. And women. And women, yeah, for sure. They work hard, too. <laughs> you got me sweating on this podcast. Man, man, I'm trying not to get canceled. I'm trying not here. to get canceled, bro. Truthful Sessions, everybody. They've checked them out. Sessions. Cancel him. Cancel Christian before you cancel. Don't, don't cancel me, guys. I just started. <laughs> and then cancel I just started. Netflix. Just ca- cancel Netflix. <laughs> don't cancel Peacock, bro. Peacock, you gotta get Peacock. Dude, I can't afford it, bro. I canceled everything. All I got is Amazon. Ask Jolie if you can be on his. <laughs> yeah, dude. Dude, shout Jolie, out. shout out, Jolie. <laughs> can we get brother David on, please? I need it. Yeah, he's doing the Lord's work, man. I don't know. Do I? Morally, do I have to? Do I have to get off of his Peacock? It's up to you, man. Bro, what do I do? It's a moral conundrum, bro. Maybe that's his. That's how he's. Is this is it how she he, or he? It's he, Jolie. Jolie. Jo, Joe Joseph Lee. Joseph Lee is his last name. Oh, Jolie. Yeah, you're thinking Angelina Jolie. No, like Jolene not Jolie from Dolly Parton. Not that. Yeah. Joe. Joe, brother. Maybe Joe. that's like how he's serving you as a brother in Christ. Letting me mooch off of his peacock. It's more, he's doing more for you than I'm doing for you. That's true, bro. No, you're doing a lot for me, bro. You jumped on here. You know, Joe still hasn't been on. You still have been a hard time scheduling him. So, uh, yeah, he's, he, I don't know. He might be doing less. You know, Joe, I'm going to need you to subscribe to Netflix and add me on that too, just in case there's a nice show on there. That's crazy. You ain't wow. got time for it, man. You got podcast to film and the podcast, film. Do people don't understand? I do think that people don't understand what goes into like making videos. There's a lot. Yeah. The sound, the miking, yeah. the cameras are expensive. Like lighting's That's what expensive. Simple setups or like movable, you know, setups. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Bro, and you're gonna be solo operator, owner operator out there. Mm-hmm. For what I'm trying to do, yeah. Yeah. That's sick. Well, it's a good time. Anything else you wanted to share? 
Yeah, man. Uh, truthful Sessions, uh, Truthful Productions, cancel your Netflix, go to church. Go to church. Don't be a hypocrite. Go to church. Harbor Church, White Bottle, baby. Let's go. Uh, if you're in Hawaii, I know a good church. Yeah. It's hard to find, though, bro. What is? Our, our parking for our uh, church, bro. It's so hard to find. Like, my son's coach came and visited. He was on the podcast, like, a, like yeah, the last podcast. That. But uh, he visited our church for Christmas Eve service, and he they came late because couldn't find they parking. couldn't find the parking where it was the location. It's hey a, man, y'all are growing. You're gonna get start getting parking it's attendance. A, it's huh? a bad location though. I mean, it's a bad parking. Like if you don't if you've never been there, yeah, yeah. it's hard to find. Yeah. But I like it though. Get some orange vest guys out there. Man. That's true. That's true. Put them kids to work. I I do like it though, and the reason I like it is because like it's really in the middle of. The city, yeah, yeah. by Paulo. People like are right seeing there. it, walking out of that grocery store and everything. Walking out of that grocery store, man. Yeah. You ever been in that grocery store? Never. Freshest meat you ever seen in your life? Oh yeah, the freshest. Dang. Lobster still living in there, just for real. Hey, just, just grab it, take it home. Take the take the lobster home like that, bro. Dang. What about the frog? You want the frog? Grab the frog. I'm just kidding. I never seen a frog. <laughs> I never seen a frog there, but. I do see some live animals in there. It's crazy. Chickens running around. Chickens running around, yep. But it's a good spot, bro. Like, it's in the middle of Waipau. That's my hometown. That's where I wanted to be. Yeah. And, like, I'm just praying that we could be... I, I really want our church to be a blessing to the community. But not in the way that people think. Like, I don't mean be a blessing to the community and... and um, I, I guess the way I'm saying it is... Um. I grew up in the community, so I know, like, it's not a community looking for handouts. Mm. It's a hardworking community. So they're not looking, like, give me free stuff. But I'm just looking to be the church that provides opportunities for the kids and a place to study and a place to get connected, build relationships with the families and people that just support the families that live in the community. So less events at the church kind of thing and more arch. Well, more of our church just being involved in the, community. the life of the community. Yeah. You know you know what I'm saying? Like going to games, mm. supporting these kids, spending time with them. Yeah. You know, meeting their parents, things like that, you That's know? Cool. Yeah. Because yeah. like for me growing up, my dad was like, your dad was a coach. My dad was a coach. And um, I just saw the impact that he had on a lot of the players, you know? Yeah. A lot of the players still remember my pops. Like my kids are playing with their kids yeah. and they're like, dude, your dad was my coach. Chris. Coach Chris, you know, yeah. he, was, he was my coach. And they tell their wives about him, about my dad. And it's because he invested time in them, you know. And so I think for, for me, I just want to see all the people that have made an impact on my life spent a significant amount of time with me. Yeah. You know, but the people that made an impact on my life, like a real significant impact on my walk with the Lord, were the guys that spent time with me at school or after mm -hmm. school, you know. Yeah. Hung out with me, really got to know me. So... You got to be in the community for a long haul. So I'm, I'm praying that our church is able to stay in that location for a long time. Yeah, yeah. You know, or at least in the area for a long time. I was going to say, what if it gets too packed? <sighs> Dude, I don't know. I don't you know. thought that far? Do. You had to. Have thought I, 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 I've thought, I thought, I thought ahead, but yeah. I don't know what we do. We, uh, we spent. Smaller chairs. <laughs> but we got some more ones in there, though. <laughs> If, if we get smaller chairs than what we got, bro, I'm taking this chair in there, <laughs> and I'm like, bro, I'm just going to roll my chair. You guys want to get smaller chairs? I'm going to roll my chair to the front and just sit there like this. <laughs> and I'm like, hey, son, pack my chair back up into my car, bro. I like my big chair. Everybody can be on those small chairs. Nah, but what I'm thinking is, um, and we spent a lot of energy 
and resources, you know, to be in that location. Yeah. And so I don't know. I don't exactly know what we'll do when it gets packed, but I know that it's getting there. Yeah. So we'll see what happens, what God does. Hopefully he opens up opportunities. There's probably somebody out there more strategically wiser than me who knows the next step. But yeah. man, I'm grateful that people come, but, you know, like there's, I don't know. All we're offering is the gospel. All we're offering is Jesus. Um, nothing fancy at our church, just yeah. the Lord and the fact that people are down for that, down to hear that, you know, and yeah. maybe maybe not completely walking with him yet, but they're coming and hearing the gospel over and over and over again. I believe that there are people that just that that belong to Christ that just need to hear the gospel. And so I just pray that we're able to be there and be consistent as long as God would allow us, you know. Yeah. I love Bro, I love Waipalu, man. It is like, this is like my favorite. Like, I'm just from, I'm from here. I love this place. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like the, it's the best kept secret, I think, in all of, for people that don't know about Hawaii, yeah. Waipahu, there's other places, more places on Oahu are like Waipahu than are like the North Shore, what you're yeah, thinking about. Yeah. You know, or Waikiki. There are more places like, like this, like Waipahu. Where the kids aren't surfer kids, mm. not nothing wrong with them, but they're we just we weren't, you know. Yeah, yeah. Not necessarily beach kids, all of us, but like the beach. Yeah. But Waipa was just a, a lot of concrete, <laughs> yeah. and I like it. You know, I like it. Yeah, from the streets, man. Yeah, yeah, I like it. I love this place, and uh, I want to see God use it again. Waipa used to be a hub for all kinds of stuff. What do you mean? Like it was a it was the center of like the sugar sugar cane. You know, we had the sugar plantations out here, mm -hmm. and so you know that smokestack that's out. When you see it from our yeah, church right yeah, outside. Yeah. So that was like a sugar plantation thing, right? And yeah. um, sugar mill. So we produced a lot of sugar. So Waipalu was like downtown for the west side, pretty much. Mm. Yeah, it was that street was popping before. Uh, yep. And I think that I think that a lot of people believe that, okay, in order to be successful, you gotta leave, get out of here. You gotta leave. And I wanna be like, no, nah, we can yeah. we can train our kids and educate our kids and support our kids here. And they can thrive being from here, you know? Yeah. They don't have to leave to to get all the resources they need, you know, necessarily. Yeah. Hometown here, dog. That's my home. Ah, I'm not a hometown here. I actually left in high school, so. <laughs> nah, hero always comes home, man. The hero comes home. Yeah. Jesus is the hero. Yeah. I'm just the dude holding his bags. It's still a pretty big job for Jesus. Kind of, kind of holding his bag. I don't know. I don't know if that analogy <laughs> works, but... But but God's been gracious and God's been God's been so good to us, man. And um, dude, I appreciated you being there from the beginning, even though you weren't Kinda. with us in our church. Yeah, you still visited and yeah. you still. Uh, I gave you Chris. You know what I mean? Gave us Chris, man. You <laughs> gave us Chris. You were always an encouragement to me, and so I'm I'm grateful, man. I'm I'm thankful. Um, and uh, I appreciate you coming on, man. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. Great things coming soon for both of us, I'm sure. Yep, man. Lord for sure. willing. Lord willing, man. Lord willing. Yes, sir. Yes, sir.